0: Log
1: Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Fenglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yeah, welcome to uh, sometimesradio.com. That's what I'm calling it today. Yesterday's show was canceled. No explanation. They're not even bothering to. Whoop. Uh, chair problems.
2: Ugh, God, I
1: hate that. Ugh. Chair and rug problems. It's 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 like one of these five point chairs and it just gets caught in my rug and I can't do anything. You know, you know what it is when you do a radio show. You want everything perfect. And so you want to be sitting correctly. You want to have everything going on. And uh, right now, uh, one, one of my headset ears isn't working either. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like I'm complaining, but it does get complicated. There's a lot of things that have to come together to make a, a radio show work and then, of course, a podcast after it. And I get really frustrated when things are beyond my control and blog talk is beyond my control. Uh, and so yesterday's show was canceled. We had three shows canceled previously. Uh, this is, you know, to me, it's unacceptable. And so that's, that's part of the deal is that, uh, you know, if you provide a service, you better provide the service or, or have a really good reason why not and then make up for it somehow. I'll offer some benefit, you know, free shows, something like that. But uh, they're not doing anything like that. And so a little bit a little bit upset with blog talk this morning. And so let's, uh, let me get to, I, I should mellow up before I bring Tara on. Otherwise, I'm just going to start yelling and screaming, you know, as I'm calling it, maybe baby radio. So maybe we'll be here, baby, and maybe we won't. We don't know. But so many shows have canceled. You know, out of out of the ten shows, uh, you know, I've done the last two weeks. Four of them have been canceled, and uh, it's just it's crazy. It's not it's not acceptable. So let me calm down. Let me mellow out. Let me think about the kitties and puppies that might be sitting in my lap right now, as I scroll down valiantly to find uh, Tara D's, uh theme. Because I, I was oh boy, I wasn't ready for that. You think I would be? You know, at this point, all set to go, but no. Uh, there it is. So it's time to mellow out. And Tara, your mission is to calm you down. Can't you just see yourself all curled up on the couch with a really cute kitty cat just hanging around your neck? Or some adorable lap dog just looking up at you with those big eyes? Maybe you need a dog for hunting, for herding, for protecting the family, or just to take walking. Maybe the house just needs a family cat or, when available, a pet bird. Where can you find these wonderful animals? At your local animal shelter. And now it's the Santa Rosa County, Florida Animal Shelter Report with Tara D. And I only have one headset working, so I'm on my right ear only. I feel <laughs> this is crazy. So I think I, I dropped it last night as I went winging across the floor when I was doing some guitar uh, recording, and I've been making guitar videos lately. And so it's just, you know, nothing's working. Well, something's working. The show's working, but the headset isn't working. So, so it's always something. But it was that? Roseanne, Roseanne, Adana used to say, it's always something. That's always something. Anyway, so that's what's going on. How are you? Oh, well, I'm
3: okay. Sounds like a hectic day so far, or hectic week rather, so for you, but... Um, I'm I am out sick today. I'm home with my puppy dog, so I Aww. am uh calling in from home to give the puppy update this week, so
1: Well that sounds good. You don't sound sick. Uh Let's well I
3: just might like, have a have a bug or something. I don't know, it's chilling lousy, yeah. but I got my good voice on, so yeah.
1: Oh, there you go. You sound fabulous, you know, so, so that's, that's the good news. Oh, thank news. you. Um, oh, yeah. Um, you sound fabulous anyway. I mean, you, you're good at this. I, I, I'm surprised you didn't think of a radio career in your impetuous oh, youth
3: you you know, way back when.
1: <laughs> or did you? Did you think of a radio career way back uh, when?
3: No, I was very introverted, so anything to, to do with talking to people when I was younger was very intimidating. So now that I'm older, any, you know, I can talk about animals to anyone, but if it were something else, it would probably be a little nerve-wracking
1: for me, so... Oh, well, I'll pick a topic you know nothing about. Schizophrenia. Let's talk about that. What are these psychological aspects? How does it, rely to, how does it relate to presidential candidates? How's that for a topic today? I literally just made that. Oh, up.
3: wow. <laughs> I would say probably shouldn't be president if you're schizophrenic. Yeah, that, that would be my exactly.
1: guess. Exactly. Okay, good. See, it's not so hard. You can make up stuff like the rest of us.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's just, it's weird. I'm Like I say, I'm hearing the show through my right ear, uh, so I need to, I'm going to go uh, get a new headset. The problem with headsets, though, is they all have microphones because the only people buying headsets apparently are gamers, which is kind of weird.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, they used to want the mics with those because they like to, you know, interact, I don't know, with a little like the Call of Duty kids and all that, so...
1: Oh, I don't mind that. I'm just saying that uh, for those of us that have a microphone, a professional Yeti blue microphone or some other such, you know, thing. Um, maybe I'll get to Rush Limbaugh's, you know, uh, EIB, uh, Golden Sensenheimer, you know, a Sennheiser uh, mm-hmm. like the German ones, which are beautiful. Apparently, they're incredible. Um, not quite at that level yet, but it's nice to have a mic. Well, I'm hoping everybody gets on mic. Well, let me ask you a question before we uh, mm-hmm. dive off into this. Then we should talk about presidential puppies. Wouldn't that be a fun topic? Dogs that presidents have had. Which write that down. Let's do that know. next week. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, do you know anything about Spotify or, some, or Rumble or some of the other services? Because I'm thinking uh, seriously of, of moving beyond blog talk. Because as much as I, I love the radio, uh, the, the services are good. I mean, the, they, they, they chart, you know, the numbers pretty well. And they have a nice international map. So I know where the countries are. Uh, they used to have a state map so I could tell which states we're listening and how what percentage of our listeners were in each state. They've gotten rid of that. But just the – it's the reliability. I really need the show to be on the air every right. day. If I'm booking major guests – and I had two guests cancel this week. Yeah, you want to be ahead. able
3: to – yeah, be yeah. there. Yeah, it's got to
1: be there because it reflects on me badly if it's not, not reliable, even though I had nothing to do with it. Have right, you ever used the right, other absolutely. services at all? Yeah.
3: Um, I've, I've used Spotify before uh, just for yeah. streaming music and – it never had any problems with that, so. But I'm not, you know, that's probably the only one that I've used. That or, you know, I listen to some, some, um, podcasts on Pandora, but I don't even know if how. I'm, I don't know how this works. So, but those are the only two services that I've used.
1: Okay. Yeah. Had you ever heard of Blog Talk Radio before we started? Probably not.
3: Um, I had heard, had not heard from it until um, Katie, who brought me over to you, told me about it. So.
1: That's right. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. But I, like I say, I'm, I'm I'm getting opinions if I can about these different services, and, and it might be video. Would you Would you have a problem being on video, <laughs> even if you're not feeling well?
3: <laughs> like,
1: like, like zooming in. I mean, you know. Uh
3: what? well you know if, if I'll hold a puppy or wear a mask or
1: something so we could yeah sure <laughs> yeah and I'd have to like <laughs> change shirts and do weird things like that people would see what a what a grub I am before I I'd actually i have to brush uh,
3: my hair that's a bummer yeah but, I know yeah, well headset just blend the headset oh that's true.
1: It's like the, it's like you know motorcycle helmets. You see these, these, these women superstars hopping off a, a motorcycle, and, and then uh, their hair immediately like fluffs out. It's like, no, they, they were wearing that helmet about ten seconds before the shot was taken. Yeah, you can't, absolutely. Yeah, we know, we know. How, yeah. okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm getting opinions because I'm seriously thinking uh, of doing that. And if there's a way to zoom call in, Pianki's on on live chat. Pianki, do you know how this works? Yeah, you know, I want I want a live chat, I want people to be able to type in. I want a Skype line where mm-hmm. people can get us from anywhere in the world. Um but uh, most of the callers are or most of the people calling in are reporters. And right. so and the callers that I have, I can probably schedule them. You know, if the callers are good, yeah, I can just have him have a like zoom call access and I don't know how I do that. Or just give it to him like every day kind of thing. So he can check in. But I like the ability to to shift around people Because sometimes I have special guests, I have to mute everybody. Just because you know, I, don't, I don't want like something dropping in the background or extra noise or things like that. And sometimes right, I have to right. talk to people because I only have half an hour. Anyway, I probably shouldn't be doing this on the air, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm getting opinions. I'll get uh, opinions from everybody. Uh, so where, where best to proceed. Okay.
3: Yeah, um, where to go from there?
1: Yeah. Okay. Do you know anything about celebrity animals? Now that I've dropped that in your lap. Um,
3: Let's see. Celebrity animals, um, I know throughout the years, you know, we do see we, – we don't like some celebrities because of their behavior with the animals. Uh, really? I can Tell say it's Well, because you, you see – well, you see different things, and you're like, is this true because I don't like this animal? That's I mean, me personally. So, like, um, Mickey Vork is a big animal fan in – he carries his little chihuahuas and whatnot everywhere. He's very dedicated to his pets. Of course, Betty White, okay. huge animal supporter and Betty in Wright, addition to all, yeah, all the other yeah. wonderful things that she did and just an icon, she was very, very vocal about animal welfare, Put her, you know, put a lot of money into that. Obviously mm-hmm. Bob Barker carried that on and now, you know, Price is right is known for the state neuter and, and things like that. So those are all good things. I think it's awesome when a celebrity does. Do that because it's it's so important. People don't pay attention, but when you get a big time person going, hey, you should do this. Hey, check this out. Um, another another one of my you know uh, I would say a little bit of a celebrity crush for a lot of women would be Tom Hardy, and he actually took his golden. Re- He's a <laughs> an actor. <laughs> He's. Uh, I'm trying to think what is his, his most recent movie. He oh, was yeah, in one uh, of those. Us, us manly
1: um, guys don't know who he is. That's what I was asking. <laughs>
3: he was in a Star Wars movie. He's actually a boxer. Well, he's actually an MMA guy, and he actually really kind of went in under the radar and won like a major fight this year. Not, huh. I mean, people didn't really know where he was in Did there because the doing it, you know, um, <laughs> no, he just used his brute arms, I think. So, oh, but sorry. um, okay. he actually um has a golden he had a golden retriever that he had adopted. Um, uh-huh. There's a story about him being on set on a movie and basically a stray dog was running through traffic <gasps> and about to hurt himself. He ran like I don't know how far and, you know, rescued this dog. And then that was his dog from then on. And he it goes everywhere with him. And just, you know, things like that are endearing to animal lovers. That's a cool see. story. Celebrities, yeah, celebrities that maybe they don't know a lot about and find out they are. Maybe they're not, you know. Maybe you don't know how they are as a person, but you know if they're dedicated to their pet, then there has to be something, a little bit of goodness about them. So I, we like hearing those stories as, as pet people.
1: Yeah. There was a person I was trying to uh, get on the show, Deirdre Imus, Don Imus' wife or daughter. I'm not sure. Which. I think it's his wife. Um, anyway, uh, she's a huge animal person. If i can see if I can look her up right now. Mhm, That's awesome. And just, 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 be yeah, Deirdre Imus. Let me just take a look, see what she's doing. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, I got my message on the San Rosa County thing. Oh, never saw it. Uh, you know the celebrities, but uh, it's good to have celebrities just because, you know, they, they bring a whole bunch of attention. You know, I, I, have, I have a big guest on. It makes a difference, you know, for the ratings of the mm-hmm. show. And so that's that's yeah, what I'm thinking. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's uh, get into your stuff, events, uh, critters you got. Let's, okay. let's see what's happening on the wall. You should bring okay, topics, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, so feel free. You don't have to wait for me to introduce something. I literally okay. make them a bot, but if you have something that you, you well, always want to Well, you're very good at it,
3: about. so, you know. Well,
1: thank you. Um, but, and it seems see. to work, so, too. Well, That's the funny part. Yeah,
3: absolutely. <laughs> it's the ad lib. I think, I think it works well. Uh, yeah. Let's see. For the shelter, we've got a lot going on right now. It is uh, going to be Thanksgiving next week, obviously. We are pr- um, promoting our Home for the Holidays foster program. We're trying to get animals out for the holidays because we're going to be in there will be someone in there every day taking care of the animals but it's not going to be a full day it's not going to be we're not going to get Beginning all the animals out of the kennels it's 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 going to be tough for the kids to be them by be there by themselves, so we are right. trying to encourage our foster program and trying to get some dogs and cats out to foster so they can spend the holidays in a home so we've started that we've sent a few out this week so far, hoping to get mm-hmm. some more babies out next week and basically, you just foster them for the holidays, return them after unless you fall in love, and then you obviously are welcome to adopt them so that's kind of the plan We do that for Thanksgiving and Christmas and uh we have gotten a lot of cases lately. The shelter has been over capacity, and it continues to stay that way, particularly for dogs, but it's in do- dogs and cats. And we huh. are just uh, trying to shuffle some kids around, so trying to move them out so we can make space for the ones that are going to be coming in on the case. And it's just a little hectic, but we're, you know, everybody's pulling together, and the, the community is excellent in supporting our shelter. So we're just hoping we get a lot of postures, um Fill out those paperwork so we can get them out. So that's what we're—that's kind of what we're focused on this week. Um, we do have an event this weekend at Single Farms in Milton, and it's—I think it's a wedding venue uh, location, a beautiful farm, and they're going to have a holiday market. So we're going to bring some of our babies over there and see if we can get them adopted, and that'll be from ten till two. At a wedding, going to have some. Oh, oh yeah, I can see it's it. like no, a, get married, I adopt a dog.
1: Uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> uh, whatever works. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's be? like oh, a on, wedding on, event. What's your theme?
1: What the theme? You gotta have a theme. You, you uh, no, a well
3: there's no we're we're just it's a holiday market. Uh, it's called holiday market basket. So we're just kind of we're just showing up for you know bringing oh, okay. the fun, bringing the puppies. So no, 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 people not will the be theme for the whole market. And all that. Uh,
1: but a theme for you guys, you know, ha, oh, you know, but, happy yeah, wedding dog or no. something. I don't know. I mean, I'm just
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that's an idea. You know, I think yeah. there was a story that I read one time about. Uh, this was very cute. It was a group of guys who were there on their bachelor, excuse me, bachelor weekend, and they had like a cabin in the woods or something. Um, and basically some puppies just, a mom and some puppies just showed up. So they spent their whole weekend instead of, you know, I mean, they probably still drank some beers, but they spent their whole weekend caring for this mama dog and the baby. So I believe the whole group ended up adopting all the animals instead because they didn't want to just leave them. And it was a rural area, and there was really not a – an animal organization so everybody pretty much went home with a, one of the animals so it was very neat so it was kind of like a, a cool story you know that they all got rescued and
1: that's a great that story really Mm-hmm. I just see it now, honey. I'm bringing home a new family member. Oh, what did you do this weekend? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> In a show the up with a dog, right? <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah, exactly. This is like yeah, I think that's
3: I think the yeah. you know if that's the worst thing they do at a bachelor party, their their wives may not be too upset about it. So, but yeah, so it's very cute. Oh, very cute. That's movie. funny. But yeah, well, we're that, gonna that's... we're gonna be hanging out there.
1: So here that all you women that thought nasty things about guys and bachelor parties, look what happened. These guys adopt a bunch of dogs. So there
3: <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's a <laughs> standing up for the That's a very here. wholesome wholesome bachelor yes. story for sure.
1: Yes. Have a bachelor party instead of coming back with a stripper, bring a dog. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. Lots of fun. Okay. Exactly. Um, Sounds like a win-win. Yeah, so we got that. Oh, and the next uh-huh. week, let's see, we'll be closed, so we're not going to do any events next weekend, but the week after we're going to have some events coming up in December for adoption, pet adoption uh-huh. events. So we're trying to get some babies out before Christmas so they don't have to spend, you know, don't have to spend their Christmas days in the shelter. Um, we are going to have Santa Claus visit, well, Santa Paul's, because when he comes to the shelter, it's all about the puppies. So we are going to have a visit from Santa Paul's um, no, no. November 29th, and we're going to get that um, up and running, and he's going to be there. <laughs> so if you want to bring your pets in, and get put, pip- and it but, is focused on your pets. If you want to bring your pets in, the kids can come with, but it's about the pets. So bring your dog and your children, and they can get a get a nice photo with Santa. And we're just asking for donations as a form of payment. We're not taking money. I'm saying, want to give money, obviously. We'll take it, but there's no fee. It's just donation. So we're just asking for food, or you know, if you want to throw throw a little five spot in there, of course we'll take that as well. But um, there's no payment amounts. Just uh, just a donation.
1: Okay, I just want to let you know I'm not laughing at you. I just had this vision of, of you in a Santa Claus suit with a cat mask. I'm sorry, it was funny.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, I probably yeah, cat mask. Uh, yeah.
1: Maybe maybe be a
3: like, mask. I think um, I'm a little too short to be Santa, although I could probably pull off the belly part, but I don't aw. know who our Santa is, so we have a Santa, and it's um, actually we set this up through Mrs. Claus, because Santa obviously doesn't book all his own things, Mrs. Claus is the one who, um, we had to get in touch with oh. Mrs. Claus, get her to schedule it and organize it, so she gave the thumbs up, so he's coming now, so you know, just like in real life, um, Mrs. Claus is the one, you know, scheduling everything, and you have to clear it with her first before Santa can come. So I thought that was kind
1: of cute. <laughs> Well, that, that, that seems to make sense. Um, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I remember, I'll, just, I'll tell you a funny story, though, no, because I was just thinking about that, because I used to do singing telegrams in my impetuous youth in oh, the back of my really? 20s. And, oh, yeah, and Christmas time was huge because I dressed up as Santa Claus. Uh, I'll tell you one. Uh, this is this is a totally off-topic off, uh, off topic story, but it's kind of cute, and uh, I love sharing these things. But there was one family that uh, requested me to come back one year. And so I dressed up as Santa Claus. And, of course, the kids loved it. They sat on my lap. We did that. I even had to have a couple mm-hmm. of parents sitting on my lap just for fun so they could play kid again. Um, I'll tell you mm-hmm. the story about the, the, the one I did for flight attendants later, but that was something else. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that, might be an off, that might be an off the uh, radio uh, story. But uh, so anyway, so I'm back to this family. I, I was thinking about that. I, was thinking, I want to do something special for these guys. So what can I do? And so I, I bought a copy of uh, The Night Before Christmas. And so they're in my Santa suit mm-hmm. and the whole bit. And then it came time to open presents and things. I said, okay, here's what I want to do. And I, I said, I got all the adults. I said, adults, sit on the floor. Like, what do you, you want me to do? What? I'm in to dress? No, everybody on the floor. I said, kids, come on, gather around. So I gathered kids around me. All right. And I'm in my Santa suit. Right. And so they can't say mm-hmm. no to Santa. So I'm in my Santa suit. I got, I got like got four kids on my lap, two on each knee. And I've got, uh, and I've got adults gathered around the floor. So everybody's like a little kid now. And, and the Christmas tree was behind me. Okay. And then I said, turn off the lights. So now you've, you've got to picture this: you've got just the Christmas mm-hmm. tree light—that's the only light on—in this huge living room. I've got about forty plus adults sitting on the floor, oh. all right? I've got kids gathered all around me, and I'm silhouette of Santa Claus because the lights mm-hmm. are all behind me. So I'm not Greg anymore; I'm, I'm literally Santa Claus mm-hmm. to these people.
3: Santa Claus, because mm-hmm.
1: their imagination's going, wild. And of course, I've got my oh, radio yeah. voice, right? And now we're going to, talk, you know, it's like, it was like mm-hmm. the night before Christmas and all through the house. I'm doing my big Santa Claus deep voice. There mm-hmm. wasn't a sound in this place. It was magic. Oh, it was absolute that's magic. Awesome. Because it was like theater at its best, but they loved it. The parents loved it. Uh, and I, I left the business uh, like six months or so after that. And they begged me to come back. It's like, no, I'm really done. I've got to concentrate because I was going to flight school after that. That was mm-hmm. uh, that was my interim job, but uh, they're just seeing telegrams. It, it just you know you think of it as a crazy job, and for all those that haven't had crazy jobs like maybe working in an animal shelter, do it, try it. Uh, just incredible things happen with people that you would never would expect, and this was yeah. this was. Well, this it was sounds really exciting
3: magic. and funny, and, and okay. yeah, like you said, like just bringing some joy to somebody that you would normally see. I'm sure it's it's quite a, a, a positive mm-hmm. experience for sure.
1: You probably have stories like that, too, of just uh, of things. In fact, that'd be a good thing to bring to us, too, uh, of things that, you know, you didn't expect or didn't work out the way you wanted or, or, like, you know, some disaster happened but something really good came out of it. You know, stories mm-hmm. like that are wonderful if you, have, if you want to uh, pull those in. Um, yeah, okay. N- yeah. Next week, uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to do a Thanksgiving show. If I get a bunch of reporters to call in, we might do, a, like, an hour or something like that. Or maybe I'll just take a, a lot of times I take on Thursday and Friday off. So if you're busy next Friday, okay. just let me know. Or if you have other stuff to do. I, to take a break.
3: I think I am just around, honestly. I don't think I work, but I think I'm just going to be at home with the puppies, so I'm available. You can just let me know what's going on. Okay.
1: All right. So okay. well, you know, definitely. i like to do Friday because we can talk about Black Friday show. You know, don't go out and buy a bunch mm-hmm. of puppies. <laughs> don't do it. Don't buy cheap puppies. Oh, yeah. No. Don't
3: do it. Just contact me because I'm getting – and it's crazy, um, speaking of puppies – you know, mm-hmm. I've been at the shelter for a gazillion years like twenty two plus years almost twenty three now and you know throughout the years we've seen you know an influx of certain dogs and whatnot. but summer um is you know initially th- it's always the time when the puppies come in, and winter is very, very calm. We don't see puppies, but uh last year, year before we started seeing puppies in the winter time as well, and this year we started getting an influx well, I should say last year of puppies like around December or January. And it has been consistent the whole year. So right now, where we normally would just not see puppies coming in, we are still getting litters uh, being contacted repeatedly over litters of puppies. So it's, it's crazy. And I don't know what that's about and why that's going on, but we are just trying to sort through them as best we can, get them into our program so we can get them altered and adopted to loving homes. So if you're looking for puppies coming up, we've got you. Just you know, stay tuned to our website.
1: Remember when we were talking before? When I found these people in a parking lot, basically selling huskies, you know, into yeah, car yeah, windows. Huskies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think people are just? We have a lot of illegal breeders around here, maybe, and it's just a, a surplus because I think it's a quick buck. I mean, these folks, um, you know, yeah. didn't strike me as honorable. Just... You know, they were selling. <laughs> right. they were literally putting cars, you know, in windows so the kids could could see them and pet them. And said, "Do you want a puppy right now?" I mean, you're not going to disappoint your kids, are you? I was furious. I looked at oh, that gosh, I called the sheriff so I know like, what we can do. That's so why I called you guys. And so I, yeah. I'm just wondering if there's a bunch of illegal operations around here. Uh, and um, I, I think the majority ride or given
3: away mm-hmm. or trying to yeah. – I think – well, I would think that if we saw – but what we were seeing for the most part are just mixed-breed dogs and we're actually seeing these on the ACO side where these are cases that they're working. They're being called out uh, for welfare checks or for animals getting loose. And when they get out there, they're talking to these people. And these people are like, hey – This dog had a litter and we generally don't, take owner surrenders, but when somebody needs help, we're trying to help them. So what we were uh-huh. doing was like, if they agreed to get their female spayed with assistance, then let's see if we can filter these puppies into our system. And so we've done that multiple times this year, which has been, I think, a, I think it's a great thing that we're doing. Um, but it depends if we have that option to, you know, send those animals to get altered, because if not, they're just going to get pregnant again, and then we're at the same thing. So the key is getting those dogs spayed or neutered, offering that uh-huh. help. Um, so we're trying to work on an option to be able to do that so that we, we can continue to help because um, we're just seeing a lot of puppies, and most of them are just mutts. You know, there's bully mixes, lab mixes, and they're all cute, and they all deserve a home, but we don't need, you know, 500 puppies coming through in one year when because they're going to grow up, and then we have to have space for the adult dogs that are coming in that are lost and getting, you know, try to get them back to the owner. So as cute as puppies are and they are easier to adopt, uh, it's still another dog that doesn't have a home that we've got to figure something out for.
1: Hmm. I remember back in uh, San Francisco where they, they give welfare for everything. They're actually paying homeless people money to, to buy dog food. And, of course, <laughs> I don't know what the chances were they were actually doing that, but uh, that was kind of a weird program. Hmm. And I can just see people exploiting that you know, and saying, hey, get a you know, welfare check for, for dog food and, and using that to maybe feed their, their, their operation you know for breeding more dogs. I'm you know I'm always curious about yeah. that. you know the the darker side of of people's you know souls, <laughs> the horrible things that they're doing. Right. Do and well, well,
3: and we do see and we do see we do see some things in our area like where we take in strays and I know a lot of times we know they aren't strays. We know that these are their own pets and they're trying to get veterinary care for them. Uh-huh. But you're in your mind, you're like, at least they're getting better care for this animal. So at least the animal's going to get altered or spayed and neutered. So it's one of those fine lines. But you definitely don't want somebody that's, like, trying to make a whole racket off of it. But uh-huh. we have, like, a community corner where we put extra food and whatnot. And we have some regular folks that come in and just wipe out the area. Um, not sure if they have any, a bunch of animals like they will well we now have a limit on what you can take but we would have people come in on a regular basis and get bags of food and it's like everybody you know needs a hand sometime but you have to allow that for everyone and if the same person is coming in every week and getting all your dog food you're not able to help other people. So, you know, I think some people do take advantage of the situation. Unfortunately, we're still going to do what we can to help because the other people shouldn't be punished. However,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. yeah people are always going to take advantage of it when they can. And that's just unfortunate because it really it's to somebody else's deficit because now this other person comes in after them and is looking for some help and there's no food available because they've taken it all. So that's that's unfortunate, but you know we do with us the best we can and try to limit it so that it, it gets spread out more easily. You know, no, take
1: note, take take note of people. I mean, have them sign in if they're getting free food or something like that, or maybe even take a picture or, or have like a like a file or something on your computer. The reason I'm saying this is because I, I've you know done some restaurant work. And, and some mm-hmm. takeout stuff. And I remember uh, past times there'd be uh, like the same customer would order something, you know, fairly expensive and then complain about it and expect it to be comped and they'd want it for freeze. Well, you didn't uh, include this. You didn't include that, right? And, of course, it's a scam. And of course right, because they I it the and you're like, yeah, yeah, we know
3: this.
1: Exactly. And so when they ordered again, I said, I, I remember telling the boss, said, we've seen this person before. He's like, oh, I know who they are. And so, uh, so we started finding ways to... Uh, he said, look, you know, you accept it. <laughs> you know, I said, I, I showed him the order because I was delivering at that time, and I showed him the order. I said, is this acceptable to you? Because if it is, then we're good, you know. And if you, you know, basically, I'm, I'm, I didn't really say it, but I said, if you complain later, you ain't going anywhere. So of course they complain, and then the boss said, wait a minute, you said it was acceptable on delivery, so no, you're done. We're not counting mm-hmm. your food anymore. Uh, and so, oh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. You don't get to eat
3: half the meal and then decide, yeah, give me your own yeah. money back. That's not how that yeah, works. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or, or you know, you want another one? It, it was it was cold when it got here. You'll <laughs> car like like two hours. Like, oh, it's cold. Or it oh was yeah, cold. well, I'm sure it is now. Yeah. Know? <laughs> and, and, and and same thing with this. If they're getting free food, you should note who's getting it and how much and for what animals, and make a little record of it because people get really scummy sometimes. It's terrible. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah, unfortunate. it's unfortunate
3: because just a lot of people do need help, and especially you know right now we don't have a spay and neuter program or like a low cost clinic in our area, and people are having to travel so that's another area that it's like we want to be able to help people that need help and you know but if somebody's going to just keep getting more dogs and expect someone else to pay for that that's not a good thing so that's I think that's why a lot of programs have a limit of only two pets if they're you know accepting uh, low-cost things and just different things like that or or making them pay for a certain portion is because people do take advantage of it and then it does it does you know harm the people that really need the help sometimes so that's unfortunate but you know, you still want to, you still put it out there and you still do those things because hopefully some of the people that need help are going to get help out of the program.
1: No, it's like it's like people that have six kids so they can get more welfare, or people that do, do foster care for kids and they'll get like you know ten kids, so because every kid comes with a check and they're just making money off yeah. them and treating them abysmally. So I hate to talk about the dark side of, of humanity, but it's there, and so it mm-hmm. happens with animals, it happens with people. You know, it's a, it, there's all kinds of, there's bad stuff out there. We need to, we need to fix it. And so, you know, especially you folks, I mean, anybody that works in animal shelter, you know, you've got a heart of gold anyway. And so you, but you have to, you just have to, to watch out because, you know, these people are out there. Anyway, we got a couple of minutes. Before yeah. it, let's, it, let's get the content. Yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Con-
3: oh, I was just going to say and a lot yeah. of times, yeah, we see a really bad side of things. So it's good when we get good things coming in. So we we appreciate when people donate and come in to adopt because mm-hmm. it, it keeps us Keeps us not so cynical, so those are good things. Um, As far as contacts, we have Santa Rosa County Animal Services are located at 4451 Pine Forest Road, Milton, Florida. Um, Our phone number is 850-983-4680. You can also go to our website, santarosa.fl.gov slash animals, or you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook.
1: Yeah. I'd be interested if you get any out-of-state calls of people checking in, or international calls especially. You know, I'd so, be kind of curious if you're like, well, we don't have a good animal shelter. I need some advice. You know, that would be fascinating uh, as the show gets bigger. Uh, I think that might be that, uh, who knows? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking of moving to a, a video uh, format here. So which means, you know, mm-hmm. we'd have to actually look more presentable, I guess. I don't know. I mean, look at Steve Bannon.
3: He's got whiskers <laughs> growing out of his
1: nose. I mean, the guy, you know, the guy looks like he just woke up. You know, he's got millions of followers. I'll probably
3: really a... look like I just woke up as well because that's kind of how I look at. Six thirty in the morning or seven in the morning. So, but um, hey, you know, yeah. if it's like if I have a beanie cap on, but it's but it's summer out. Well, don't ask any questions, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a. It's a fashion statement.
3: <laughs> That's, right. That's
1: Yeah. Or well, also we'll once you it put it. one
3: of those things on, they gotta stay, you know, because your hair is like gonna be adhered to that, so you can't really flip it up and take it oh. off later. Or your hair is gonna look terrible. So at least for me, if I wear one during the morning, it's staying on all day. So I have to make sure the weather is gonna be appropriate for one.
1: Wait a minute, you're only on for half an hour a day. i got three hours worth. <laughs> minute, I oh,
3: yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> well, you're just, I should, yeah, I guess you're going to have to continue as well.
1: No, I'm still going to keep the headset and the microphone. I'll just hide behind the microphone. <laughs> you just see my oh, eyes and maybe true. some nose, and that's that's going to be about it. Right.
3: Oh. <laughs> I like the character on uh, that show. Uh, oh, my gosh, the I can't even think of it now. The neighbor, he was the neighbor of, what's his name? I'm terrible with names today. Um, he always peered over the fence time, Tim I Taylor. don't.
1: It was like a sitcom, or something or what? I'm curious. Yeah, now.
3: yeah. It was. um huh. Yeah. So the neighbor, na- the neighbor, uh, and it's, uh, it's 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 an super popular over the time. I can't remember the guy's name. Tim, somebody. He played the Santa Claus more recently. We've never heard of. Anyway, it, the, but... neighbor, <laughs> the neighbor. Neither of us ever The
2: neighbor. The
3: neighbor would always um, stand over, and you could only see his eyes or part of his face. So oh. next, I'll remember it for next time. I can't believe I can't. That's remember That's like that Kilroy. Name.
1: He. Do you remember Kilroy? He just had a. a
3: he just had a show like over the last few years. It was uh, Last Man Standing, I think, or something, where he was like, a, "Oh, I right, see now." Home I feel improvement like or something? No, yeah, it couldn't be. Yeah, home improvement. That's it. Oh, yeah, what home improvement? Kim, yeah, Tim. Whatever. Yeah, that Tim was Melon. Yep, that's that's it. Oh, thank you. That and there's a character peering crazy.
1: over Jim Allen's fence.
3: Yeah, so his neighbor, his neighbor and him always talked, but they never showed his face. They just showed like his eyes or his nose. Like he would always peer over the fence and talk to him. So it was like a whole thing for the whole series. You never saw the neighbor's face. They always talked, and he had this really deep, bellowing voice. He would wail to him, but you never actually saw his whole face.
1: Huh. That's interesting. I just got uh, Derek's uh, texting in. Are we on the air? Yes, Derek, we're on the air. Call in. That's why we have a couple that's extra that's minutes that. here. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Well, no, I, I mean, it's a big joke. You know, like I said, I call this what, what maybe baby radio, maybe we'll be on baby, maybe we won't. <laughs> what else mm-hmm. have I called it today? <laughs> and, uh, the t- oh, there, there's Derek now. I said, and the title of the show today, this is sometimesradio.com. <laughs> sometimes it works, <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't. So that's Yeah, right you just
3: kind of kind of just throw the dice and see where it rolls out.
1: Exactly. Well, let's, uh, let's talk uh, during the week. We'll figure out if I'm going to do a show on Friday or not. But even if it's a shorter show, I'll talk to Derek and see if he's around. But knowing him, he's going to be a, on, a, on a boat somewhere, you know, doing something exotic. Well, we'll see. We'll find out in oh, a second. nice. Thanks,
3: Tara. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, have a great Thank weekend. You.
1: Bye-bye. You too. Bye now. Money. What is it? How does it work? How do you get it to work for you? So many choices. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, commodities. And then there are the markets. Oil, gold, manufacturing, trade, energy, even government. To make sense of all the places your money can go, Derek Park, our Action Radio financial reporter, joins us Fridays at this time to make sense of the markets and your money. Yes, welcome to Maybe Baby Radio. (laughs) Maybe it'll work, baby. Maybe it won't. (laughs) This is crazy. I'm I'm guessing we had some tech issues this morning. Well, no, we're fine today. My tech issue is I, I think I – well, I dropped my headset last night um, because I was making guitar videos, and I, I swatted it by accident off it went, and now I only have my right ear working. So I'm, I'm kind of like you know mono instead of stereo or whatever it's called, but uh, it sounds weird. I like having both ears so I can balance the show and listen to my voice and things. So if I sound either too quiet or too loud, that's probably why. Um, but uh, I had yeah. a question just uh, you know, thinking of exercising my consumer choice here. I'm sick of this not working properly. You know, if I have a major guest, now we had two guests cancel, uh, Naomi Wolf and Alan Dershowitz. And that's okay. If they cancel. Yeah. But I don't ever want to be in a position where I can't do a show with a major public figure. What, what, what about when Donald Trump calls? You know, and it's going to happen yeah. one day, sooner or later. You know, I don't want to have these kind of hassles. Do you know anything about Spotify or some of the other services? Um, you know, I mean, even where they, they stand they, on the market. I mean,
4: I know they stand on the market. I know they hold up on the market. I don't use them. Okay yeah i mean i Mm. use i mean i I have an apple product so i do use itunes i mean i understand
2: itunes
1: yeah we're on itunes now does itunes do videos as well yes yeah it can Mm.
4: yeah so so you have to understand when you're on when you're on itunes just uh you know a little tidbit like you know the the way that they play you know the file the data file is different than on windows now they both have uh you know uh recognition software where it will recognize and play it but you know sometimes you run into compatibility issues sometimes it's rare but you do
2: huh
1: yeah, yeah if blockstock worked every day i wouldn't worry about it or if they had a glitch once in a while but uh, they've they've been doing like two or three months now of problems they, they put a new uh connection system in and ever since they did that uh it's worked mm-hmm. some of the time and i'm thinking i'm always in the philosophy it ain't broke don't fix it you know, so, so don't, mm-hmm. don't create problems for yourself. So as a business model, you know, it right. just, it just seems, you know, what happens is consumers move, you know, when they don't like a product, they, they, they shift over. You look at, uh, you know, Bud Light, you know, one bad ad and everybody took off. Yeah. 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 Really they're still, they're
4: still dealing with it according to what I saw.
1: Really? What's going on?
4: Yeah. said so sales are, sales aren't recovering as fast as they thought they were, you know? So, um, yeah, they're, they're dealing with some, with some problems.
1: Huh. What about Bank of America now that I think about it cuz they were caught giving away personal customer information to the FBI for anybody that might have been within the the capital vicinity of January 6th. Do they come under Securities you know, and Exchange I, Commission or what kind of rule or is that uh, just corporate privacy rules or what did they violate?
4: Um I, yeah, they buy, they buy, they violate um <laughs> typically it's it's their own privacy policy. That they violate, you know, right. so, um, you know, their their privacy policy and the company I work for, you know, is basically, hey, we're we're under no obligation unless properly subpoenaed to release uh-huh. any information for anybody, period, exclamation point. That means, like, if I'm having a conversation, I can't use names, I, I can't use um, anything that would identify them. Can I use situations? Absolutely, as long as it doesn't have a name tied to it.
1: Yeah, we do that all the time. And, in fact, I tell guests, you know, people new to the show, so I don't want personal names. I mean, we may talk about stories. I don't, I don't ask personal questions. It's always, right. you know, the, this issue, whatever this issue might be. You know, in other words, have people had bankruptcy problems? You know, have people had credit problems? Have, uh, you know, what do investors think? I mean, I always put it in general terms like, for a specific reason. I don't want to have any... Um, Issues or problems with people that might, you know, be identified because of what we're talking about, or if you know, uh, you know, an expert in the oil industry, or if you know an expert in the the diamond or whatever whatever industry we're talking about. I don't want them named unless they want to come on the show voluntarily. But which mm-hmm. which raises the question: if uh, if a credit card company released the information publicly, or had a had a hack or something like that, that the that Bank of America released to the FBI, that that'd be called a data breach or a data hack. They 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 could get fined or all kinds of things for that, right?
4: Oh there's there's all kinds of stuff absolutely but you know it's huh. it's some of that stuff you know I mean just kind of goes by the wayside gets swept under the rug because news doesn't want to report on it you know so um huh. you know it's 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 kind of sickening you know it's uh what was the the banks I'll tell you the ones up in Canada they had that uh what was it the freedom convoy the truckers
1: oh I had a friend up there um, so I met a reporter friend up there because of that and uh, yeah. you know, who was so there, the, the there Yeah so three of those banks up there
4: were involved in something very similar Right. Two of them publicly came out because they realized the backlash when people started closing their accounts. You know, They were like, <laughs> nope, we're not dealing with you. They saw how much money was leaving the bank and came out publicly and said, we screwed up. We're really sorry. We'll never do it again. Um, one of the banks just kind of stood their ground, and um, I saw a financial report, and I don't have names on these banks, but uh-huh. – um, one of them is in financial trouble now. It's now being eyed by their regulators or whatever for not having enough money to back. So the one that decided to not recant, they might be in trouble.
1: That's really interesting. Now, I remember from my, my Toronto youth, because I left Canada when I was eight years old. My, my parents took me to Australia. Royal Bank of Canada comes to mind uh, or, and Dominion Bank. Everything in Canada is named either Royal or Dominion. That's just that's just a Canadian thing. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's a safe bet if you're looking for a Canadian company, Royal or, or uh, uh, Dominion, but uh, yeah, uh, and in in Ottawa. In fact, that's how I met a reporter friend. Um, in fact, that's how I met uh, Jen Clark in Australia, and I identify her because she's been on the show. So you know, and she was one of the head of the Freedom Truckers uh, who drove from Melbourne to Canberra in Australia, and we wrote the Australian Bill oh, wow. of Individual Rights. And she's taken the Australian part of it, and I'm doing the part up here. Um, but it's the same Bill of Rights. But uh, we we made some incredible international connections during that Freedom Trucker thing. So, uh, but yeah. the Canadian folks, yeah, I'm not going to. Um, my Canadian report I've got to talk to before I start mentioning names. Um, but, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. I'm really, You know me. I'm really conscious of names, email addresses, personal identification, things like that. I don't do any of that stuff uh, until I get permission. Well, let's yep. talk about where, where we, we sort of mentioned that. We actually, I actually planned head of this one. I have a note on myself here, uh, the debt breakdown. We're going to break down how, you know, how the debt is spent. Uh, and I think oil prices, we're going to try and figure out that. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it because I know you're busy uh, and you certainly don't have to. But I remember you know, trying to get a suggestion for what was going on. Did you Did you get a chance to look into those at all, either the, how the debt breaks down or the oil price, uh, what's going on with our prices? I did, why they're I low did right the now? national debt. Yeah, okay. I did
4: the national debt. I did not do the oil.
1: Um, okay. You know, okay. So One national for two. Debt I'm happy. I
4: had, yeah. yeah, I've got a – Got no a link? I got to go here. Fine. Hold on a second. I look
1: so much no, stuff fine. up. <laughs> no problem. Like, hey, listen. At least the show's working yeah. today, so I'm happy. So <laughs> take your time. Right? Yeah. My headset's uh, not working. I'm, <laughs> I got to get a new headset. Without a microphone? Because I already uh, have a microphone. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. No. A... Sorry, I've, I got to. I'm flipping That's through. Right. It's
0: okay, don't worry about
1: it. it. We, we look up stuff on the show all the time. Eight, so. Yeah. No, it's just no problem.
4: Essentially, yeah. the the the, the bright, oh, here it is. I got it. Yeah.
1: Okay, um,
4: cool. This is actually off of the Treasury website. Ooh. Um So the Treasury website, and I did have it right, yeah. So there's only like one-third of it is – oh, man, I touched this thing, and it goes all the way back up to the top.
1: My goodness. <laughs> I had all <laughs> the – government website. you want? <laughs> That's
4: funny. Yeah, my goodness. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to get to the chart and the breakdown again. Yeah, here. Uh, is this it? Yes. Um, screenshot. Yeah, so the government, government debt, yeah, <laughs> intra-government holdings as of October 31, 2023, and this is off treasury.gov, is $12.19 trillion. What is owned by the public, and public is defined as credit card debts, loan debts, um, bond debts, um, anything that's owned by people you know, companies that have sold, you know, so I mean, you're talking about I mean, a lot of this could be Microsoft's debt, you know what I mean? And Microsoft probably has hundreds of billions of dollars of debt, right? Um of course. for stuff that they do. So so that is included. included in here is twenty six point five eight trillion. So really, you know, if you if you want to break it down, yes, the government does have a spending problem because they're spending more and more each year. Mm. Really, all in all, Americans have a spending problem. So I put um You know, on your thing, like good old American greed. Well, really what I was kind of alluding to is, you know, people, um, America is one of the one of the worst cultures actually for this, uh, the have culture. Right. Right. So instead of saying, you know, I don't necessarily need this right now, they'll put it on a damn credit card because they want it right now. Right. So, um, You know they'll go into debt over it. Over hey, I need this right now. I want this right now. So um, yeah, a a lot of that. They said uh, one of the articles I found. I might have mentioned this before. We're headed in towards uh, towards one of the biggest biggest defaults in credit history in the world, in the world. Like not not even you know credit cards. Right. This is like never happened before. Credit card debt has what did they say? Tripled since twenty twenty. Since the COVID well,
1: lockdown, it's, it's like how much of that is inflation costs? Because people are, are, are people used to spend credit cards on, on things like, you know, you know, drinks on their vacation or, or maybe they might may have even yeah. charged their cruise tickets or something like that, you know, with the intention of paying them off once they got back and got to work. That makes sense. But mm-hmm. now they're they're charging, you know, eggs, bread, <laughs> you know, the, the essentials. And at somewhere along the mm-hmm. way, because inflation was so bad, that everything got so expensive. I heard somewhere that Americans have suffered like an eight thousand dollar pay cut or the equivalent thereof. Because of the all the inflation and the increased cost of things since uh since brandon obama you know was was installed in the white house uh and it's it's so there's almost like an inflation tax so if it's that high yeah. if Americans are losing eight grand and the average salary is still about thirty five maybe well, what's the average salary so, so that's that's right uh, in, like, in the u
4: s it's it's somewhere around in and uh, somewhere around in there
1: okay so ballpark so if it's thirty five they've lost eight thousand that's twenty seven i think yeah mm-hmm. twenty five yeah so, so, in other words, they're living on an equivalent income of 27000 whereas they used to have 35000 because the price of goods mm-hmm. has gone up. So, people are going to take their credit cards, you know, because they will especially if they have kids to feed. You know, I mean, you're not going to turn the kids down because <laughs> they've got to eat, right? right? Right. And so, people are, are I mean, and is there a chart on how, many, how much people are, are spending on necessities as compared to luxuries? Is it like a luxury necessity index of credit card spending? probably isn't. But I'm humanity. sure
4: there is. Uh, but what I would what I would look at in, in comparison uh-huh. from a from a market perspective, go look at like um, Louis Vuitton Hennessy, right? So Louis Vuitton Hennessy, uh, which is a conglomerate of, you know, all your 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 luxury. It's like Hennessy liquors. It's Louis Vuitton. It's yeah. It's Cognac like, and, like five... uh,
1: and bags. Women women get those bags, yeah. those handbags for like eight hundred dollars or something stupid like that. It says Louis yeah, it,
4: it, it? It, oh, some, <laughs> oh man, they got some of them that are over thousands. But anywho, what? Um, you know, they updating that one? Maybe. Oh yeah, oh,
1: yeah. So, she, so those okay, those, those, guys, those stocks
4: are still yeah. going up. Really? You know I mean, they still go up, 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 and up, right? So that means they're hitting profit numbers, right? Now, understand those are those are global companies, right? So right. it's not just the U.S., but you know, the U.S. is one of their biggest markets.
1: So well. It, I'm just trying to think, because I remember during the Depression, that was the golden age of Hollywood. You know, people made money off during the Depression. There's some people that got fabulously wealthy. You know, if you look at the cars, yeah. look at the, the Duesenbergs and the Packards that were produced during the Depression. Well, somebody had to be buying those cars. Mm-hmm. So somebody was making money. So even in a bad yeah. economy, people yeah. make money. So so the luxury, well, and what it sounds like to me is that the, the rich, and I'm not casting aspersions here because I, I hope to join them fairly soon, but the rich will still have money even in, in bad economic times because they're insulated with investments. Uh, you know, they, they don't have salary income. They don't have job income. They have you know, permanent you know, investment income. You know So that, that's, mm-hmm. they're, they're in a different class. They don't have to worry about the uh, the ups and downs of the economy so much. So that makes sense. The luxury items are doing okay. But how about the everyday items? You know, the, let's do the bread, eggs and butter. What is it? Guns and butter is the argument, you know, military spending versus domestic spending. How much how much more? Yeah. How much is food being bought on credit? That's that would be a huge indicator to me.
4: Yeah, I, I I don't know if there's any studies on that. I'd have to research that one
1: specific. We'll have to guess then. Um, I would say more. Yeah. So here, here's, here's something. Do they measure default rates uh, on credit cards? And that, that's got to be going through the roof right now.
4: Um, hold on. Let me see here. I'm seeing if there's because I know I've seen articles mm-hmm. rates on credit cards. Let's see what. Let's see what the delinquency rate. Um, here. This is from the Federal Reserve Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Fred. Good old Fred.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate um, your
4: help. <laughs> yeah. Um okay. what trend I don't day. like the way that breaks it down. So oh. um in in quarter three of uh, 2022 – or quarter two of twenty twenty two uh oh. was one point eight four trillion. In quarter three it was two point oh eight trillion. In quarter one of twenty twenty three it was two point four three trillion. In quarter two of twenty twenty three it was two point seven seven trillion. So it's going up yeah, at a rate. The trend of, is up. Oh, like like what is that? Thirty percent, thirty percent,
1: a quarter. Yeah. Yes, like point three each yeah. time. Yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. So okay. then, so if so the default, default, default rates. rates uh huh.
4: Yeah, that's that's the default rates, right? So. um,
1: And the interest rates are going to cover In rate, fact, Which makes it expen- more expensive uh, it's for Is at a
4: two-decade high? And has uh-huh. averaged five percent of credit card balances fell into serious delinquencies.
1: Increase well, up
4: the, from
1: from
4: the, all of if you're taking all of credit card debt five five point oh eight percent are in default or over ninety days
1: past due. Is that how does that stand in terms of what the normal default rate is during a good economy?
4: Normal default well average default rate was about three percent, um, and then the mark marked the increase um, which was above average of three point three five in the second quarter of twenty twenty two.
1: So it's almost doubled or it's heading there. I
4: I heard credit card debt had tripled um, and I'd have to go look at exactly what, how much of that portion was credit card debt. But the amount had tripled since like it might be 2019 or 2020 or something like that or almost tripled.
1: All right. So let's do a little forecasting here. So if the credit card debt is tripling, at some point people are going to max out their credit cards because once you get that high, credit card companies aren't going to give you new cards. So there comes a point with oh, yeah. everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. where they run out of the amount of cards they can get and they run out of credit. So what happens when, when the credit limits are reached? And that's what's going that's the next big uh you know, shooter drop I'm oh, thinking is this go is,
4: ahead. This is your, that's where your credit score comes from.
1: You know, what I mean like okay. once
4: you start going over thirty percent usage on your credit cards, you know, they start eyeing your debt to income ratio, right? If your income
1: thirty percent fifty grand what's that? Thirty percent. So if you have like a uh, let's pick an easy number, ten thousand dollar card uh,
4: with three thousand dollars on it, you're at thirty percent usage, right? So yeah, right. Okay. you know it, it's it's just breaking it into easy numbers, right? Well, if you're only making you know uh, fifty grand a year, you got a ten thousand dollar limit, and you put. Three thousand dollars on there, and you have a house and a car. Now your debt to income ratio is going to start looking all weird, right? Because you got yep. everything financed. You now your credit card. So your credit cor- your credit score is going to start slowly sinking. Now, when you get over fifty to seventy five percent usage, now your credit score is going to start getting into critical area. You start getting into a hundred where you have cards maxed out. I mean, I look. I've got uh, I've got somebody as an example who makes like two hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year, and mm-hmm. this individual has two credit cards that are maxed out. Trying to get themselves out of debt, and their credit score is like a six ninety, six eighty. Ooh, you know, and but they but they make a but they make a yeah. ton of money, right? You know, well, but they have two credit cards that are maxed out. You know, so it uh, it it has an impact on your debt. It really does. So and I mean, me personally, uh,
1: yeah. So let's talk about money management. So in other words, you know, you can be rich if you if you don't necessarily make a lot of money, but what if you just don't spend a lot of money? You know if you really cut your expenses down, you live inexpensively, you know whatever or if you're making two hundred twenty five I, I could live really well on that I'll tell you right now I could live really well on that. I don't think I'd go oh, yeah. wild I 'm old enough yeah. now i wouldn't I wouldn't go crazy and, and uh, of course, I want a jet but I'm going to finance it properly i'm going to have not only the money right. for the jet i'm going to have twice as much money because I want to have the fuel and maintenance you know covered as well. So before I do something as crazy as buy a jet, which I fully intend to do, I want to make sure that I'll have say the jet costs a million bucks. I want at least two to three million dollars. For repairs, for maintenance, for fuel, you know, for training, for all those kind of things. But I'm already figuring well, that making, into my calculations. Well, two
4: hundred grand enough is two hundred grand a year is not enough to to afford a million dollar jet. I mean, no, I want a million dollars a year.
1: I, I'm, I'm 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 thinking like multi millions a year. I'm, I'm I'm thinking big here. I'm thinking worldwide, oh, yeah. which is why I'm looking at another thing beyond blog talk. I'm serious about this. You know, mm-hmm. if if Joe Rogan could have sixty million you know viewers, why can't I? I'm, I'm American, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I figure, uh, you know. But I'm saying. But I'm in other words, before I do. Well, I've also got like a couple of other options too. I got a turbo prop, which is a lesser expense, and I've got a propeller airplane, which is yeah. a lesser expense. So I've already I've already got three different options here. So it just you know, it, it all depends on the budget and what's available. But the point is, I'm planning. Well, I it now. I can
4: help you here. So you got to yeah, create go yourself like a a podcast. You got to create yourself a YouTube, and you got to start like putting like videoing this. You know, and doing video stuff, because that's the age, right? And then you got to start growing subscribers and views and stuff like that, and they'll pay you for that. I mean, so you know, it's it's a marketing man.
1: That's what I'm thinking. I think we need to get beyond radio uh, and start doing the visual thing. And uh, I love radio, and, I, I, and you know, like I said, when block talk works, it works it works well. But I'm wondering if yeah. it's it's outgrowing if I'm outgrowing it which I figured was going to come anyway. Um, But the fact that they're canceling shows on me, I think we're getting there a lot faster. And so this (laughs) might be the time to to go video. No, I just, but see, I want to get callers. I want to be able, I want to know if I can zoom in people. But most of the people that call are reporters or most people that check in or like Bianchi, who doesn't have a report, but he checks in all all the time. And so there must be a way, if I can find a service, uh, this would be like an off air chat, but if I can find a service that will allow me to bring on Zoom people. If they mm-hmm. contact me in advance, like okay. Skype calls, we can take a Skype call from anywhere in the world. But they have to get the they have to let me know ahead of time with an account, and I have to prove them. Once they do okay. that, they can call in. You know, I'm wondering if the same right. thing works on Zoom. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure it does. Um, I would imagine. Yeah, this is interesting to talk about the credit because the next thing is, uh, are the credit? Well, can we just check before we do the report real quick? Uh, Visa, Mastercard, and American Express. Now, American Express doesn't have credit limits, so they're in a whole different. Oh ballpark. yeah, they do but they cut yeah, you off that right? Limits. Oh, I thought they yeah, Well, uh...
4: I mean, it's uh, I've got I've got two Amex cards. I mean, uh, okay. my credit limits are extraordinarily high, you know, yeah. but uh yeah, there's there's limits on them now. There are cards that they do have that don't have limits on them, but they are right. what they call zero balance cards. You can't leave a balance on them right they will allow ah, you to buy and allow you right. to accumulate points but you are required to pay that thing off monthly so that is a i think that's american express centurion that is like literally one of the most luxury cards you can have
1: uh-huh. um that like i service. could do it but i got to pay it off anyway. it, oh,
4: it you you can yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now okay, there, there's, there's i don't know if it has to be that month i know there's just specific rules on it right they'll right. so quote me on all of this stuff but there's like 10 credit cards you know these are, you know, um, what they consider like black cards. You know, these are like luxury cards for people that are flying private. You know what I mean? for right. People that are, that are, that are, you know, money is of no object to these people because their annual fees on some of these cards, like one of the cards, the annual fees like ten thousand dollars a year. Right. What? So ten thousand dollars, yeah, just for not the card. Kidding, just for the card, right? Well, hold on, what does it include like they include so many flights right they include uh they you get it back with your annual fee if you're using the card right okay um, I have one of my cards I pay an annual fee of six hundred and twenty five dollars for right huh. but i get i get i get a three hundred dollar travel credit i get um, $150 worth uh, two times, two different times, twice a year worth of uh, purchasing power at a couple different places. I get discounts on certain things. You know what I mean? So if you use the card, you it get... Does it does pay for
1: itself. You know, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, pays huh. for
4: itself, right? So, so the the one that's like $10,000, and, and I could be off in that number, could be six, could be 10. I know it's ridiculous, whatever it is, but they provide like 100% concierge service. You call these people, you say, I want tickets to this concert, they're coming FedEx the next day. You know what I mean? The best tickets you can buy, and they just don't ask prices because they don't have to. Does
1: that make sense? Yeah. No. No. If you if, if you're in that world, yeah. and I, I'd love to see what that world looks like. Yeah. I haven't been there. Uh, I've been around rich That'd people. Cool. You know, I had some flight students that were quite wealthy, uh, and we did some pretty outrageous trips. I actually crossed the country twice in a small twin-engine airplane. And so I've uh, yeah. I, I got, I've been very fortunate. Most flight instructors don't get that opportunity. I did. Uh, and it was right. incredible, but, uh, just to be able to, but I want to be in that crowd because, and then you go to the airports and you see the private jet people and all, you know, when I was a little kid, I was 16, you know, washing and waxing airplanes, you know, for this flight school <laughs> and I'd be under the belly of an airplane and all these, these Hollywood people, Jerry Lewis flew in and, uh, uh, vice, uh, excuse me, first lady Betty Ford flew in and this is Massachusetts, Bedford, Massachusetts, right? This big old, uh, Air Force Base. Um, that went mostly civilian because when the B-52s left after Vietnam, the, the, you know, in the 70s and 80s, this big old airport, you know, it was, was completely underutilized. So Raytheon was there. That's yeah. another story. All right. The last question I have before we get the report, which and, – and John's going to call in, I'm sure, in a minute. I may hold him a couple of minutes. Uh, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express, how are they doing on the markets with this credit kind of crunch and default Right now they're and, doing
4: okay, but one of the most sold stocks in the S&P 500 right now is MasterCard and Visa. So a lot of people kinda see this. I think they're scared. They sold. Yeah, it's it's being sold. Which I don't okay, if credit cards default, right? Here here's here's the credit card companies are not gonna be are not gonna be in trouble, right? Because all they are is a processing software, right? So like MasterCard and Visa, you know, just understand, you know, they boomed when COVID went around because everybody was kinda forced to pay for everything, you know, cash kinda went nil, right? So they had like a big boom at that point in time because everything was like forced into electronic payments, right, Um, until cash started coming back and everything. And then we had a cash shortage just refreshing your memory, right? Well, now Mm -hmm. when you go into a credit card default, people are going to stop using credit cards. So those companies are going to lose money, right? You know because the processing is going to go down, right? They get paid off of how many times people use that process. Well, if you have defaults, that number is going to shrink. So hypothetically, their 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 stock value is going to go down because their profits are going to shrink. So it is a sold like so. The stocks are doing okay right now, um, you know, but they would definitely end up being a long term hold if all of this holds true, right? You know, these are all predictions based off of numbers. You know what I mean? So. Our job is basically to say, hey, when do you need this money? If you don't need it now, deal with the problems.
1: Yeah, best thing, of course, is to get out of debt. And I've been out of debt. and It was wonderful. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm looking forward to that day again. Um, The last thing is, and then John's got a question, if you can stay a couple minutes after eight, because he's got basically the rest of the show. Um, And that is on offers that they're making. So, in other words, you might have to pay you know $10 per 100 or $20 per 100 or $30 per 100 they're they're offering these these bargain um ways out do they just mm-hmm. write that off? Is that like a tax deduction? How, how do companies do things like that? Credit card companies. It is.
4: <laughs> it is. Some of it is written off. Um, right. You know, and they they write it off to an unpayable debt. They have loopholes in that stuff, so they're not held liable. Now, it's not the right. credit card companies. It's whoever whoever finances the credit card, i.e., banks. You know what I mean? Like Citibank, uh, Capital One, so on and so forth. Right. Those are the ones that run into the issues. Right. So huh. when you do that, actually the uh, what is it? They, there's a word for it. What it's called like it's a settlement or whatever. Your credit is still stamped that you did that. That you settled with him, right? Okay. So it's not a red mark, it's not a not a green mark. It's like a yellow mark on your credit. It says, "Hey, you owed them 10,000, but you settled the debt at 3." You know, so you didn't pay your debt, right? So you kind of right. get dinged for it, but you don't get dinged for it. It's visible on it your credit. better credits,
1: than, than not paying the debt at all. Than not paying but, yeah, that's right. right. they agreed yeah, to better it. Better than a cooperative payment? agreement where they say, "Okay, it we'll we'll, it we'll make you pay twenty five percent of what you owe, and we'll just and then mm-hmm. you're done." Okay, that's right. But they stamp huh. your credit that you didn't
4: complete your debt. You know, so right. when you go to apply for a home, you go to apply for a car, they see on there, "Hey, didn't pay debt." You know what I mean? Like, so you know, they might you might uh, it, they might be reluctant to loan you, or you might have to qualify with a higher interest rate
1: or a higher down payment. What was that? Maybe like a higher down payment too. I mean, there's all kinds of different things.
4: Well, that could I'm be, yeah. There, there there could yeah. be lots that come with it, yeah. So, so okay. you know, I normally, like when I sit down and I'm doing some debt management with folks, I normally encourage them. I'm like, look, if you have the resources, you know, and you're going to be applying for a loan soon, you know, next couple mm-hmm. of years, don't settle. Don't do it. You're going to ruin yourself. I mean, it's just right. – uh you know, it's, I hate saying it. And I mean, I do debt management with people. I just, I set them down. I put them on a regiment, you know, with the expectation that they're going to be saving and investing in the future. But if they don't, I give them three tries because people fall off the wagon. I understand how that works, but (laughs) um, you know, it's, uh, look, I've sat down with people. I'm like, you need to go talk to a bankruptcy attorney. There is no helping you.
0: You know what I mean? Like,
4: I'm I'm like, you're, you're burning, you're burning through your resources faster then you're making money. You know what I mean? Like, and you're, and you're already maxed everything out. I mean, this individual had loans against uh 401ks and all kinds of other stuff. I'm like, you know, you need to hit the self-destruct button, you know, like there's <laughs> there literally no segment. So it's not um, the amount you know, of money so, you
1: make. It's the ratio of, of how much you're spending to how much you're making. Cause you can right. make, I mean, I've you got can make in, an average salary. A couple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I got a couple Go out of $120,000 credit card debt over a four year period. I did. That's a that's a true story. And they retired both of them uh, just this past year. Wow! No, I believe it.
1: You just got to be disciplined. It took
4: time. I mean, they're both. Yeah. They were both high income. They were just spending well beyond what they could keep on. And then it just yep. became this perpetual cycle. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got them, and, and it took it took some time. It wasn't falling off the wagon. They had something mm-hmm. like thirty six credit cards. Thirty six oh, man.
1: How did like, they get thirty six credit cards?
4: I, I mean, man, I've never even heard of that. You know what I mean? But I've got them <laughs> whittled down to. I think they're on three now, or maybe four. You know, but okay. they use those for the travel. They were traveling a lot. They they love cruises, and it just uh, it's just a Apparently. really good success story, man. I got them to change their whole life, man. But it was either well, that they or they to were going to the work show. until they're uh,
1: seventy years old. This would be a great. This would be a great example for to get them on the show if they want to do it. Yeah. And because obviously they they can even come on as as customer X. I don't care. Um, but it be yeah. it sounds like a great story that maybe could inspire a lot of other people. All right, well, let's get to the report. And then John has a really interesting yep. question on Bank of America, too. So I want to get that in as well, if we can. And then we'll talk about, off right. we'll talk about whether we want to do something next week, because next week's, you know, Black Friday after Thanksgiving.
4: I will not, because I'll be out of town.
1: So okay. you can count I'll me I'll out. I'll right week. now for that. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay.
4: Um, All right. So I'll try to be quick so I don't so I uh, uh, pay attention to time here. Equities. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Derek with the Action Radio Financial Report. Uh, Equities catch their breath. Stocks treaded on water on Thursday with the S&P closing up 0.1 and the Dow shedding 49 or 46 points in an uprising pause given to the receipt um, or recent sprint higher. Excuse me. S&P 500 rose relatively 2 percent far this week from the 9 percent down in October. And with a sharp rally spurred by the combination of encouraging inflation data going lower, of course, uh, and ongoing sign of signs of economic resilience, this has shown up most notably in small cap performance, with the Russell 2000 index up over more than five percent in the past week. Bond yields has equally had sharp moves, uh, sliding lower, uh, in the ten year yield back below 4.5 percent. Kind of a long report, but sending it out just a little bit. The Dow, again, down 46 points or 0.13 to 349.45. NASDAQ closed up 10 points or 0.07 to 14114. And the S&P 500 uh, closed up 5 points or 0.12 to 4508. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil is down $3.73, Three dollars and seventy-three cents, or four point eight seven percent, to seventy-two ninety-three, and the spot price of gold was up twenty dollars, or one point zero two percent, to nineteen eighty-four thirty. This is Derek with the Action Radio Financial Report. You can get me at eight five zero nine nine five zero zero
1: eight two. Yeah, one day you'll be big enough. We'll have to give the international code 011 for the United States. So <laughs> They can dial you directly. <laughs> let's, uh, let's. I say I dream big. You know, it's just a question of how and when. And we've got. Uh, citizen legislation day coming up by january 7th and that, that's growing and we've got all kinds of new people involved with it that's going to be a uh, fascinating fun all right john here i'm with uh with derek you had a bank of america question let's uh let's get that one it's, kind of, it's just pretty interesting
5: yeah i was just curious if you'd heard anything about um bank of america randomly canceling christian accounts with little to no explanation
4: Ooh. no i haven't heard that but i and you know yeah. it uh, won't be next week but the but the following uh, week you put it on um, I, man i tell you what that that <laughs> that would probably uh that would probably be something that would be thrown into the news real quick it hasn't been I know J.P. Morgan.
5: Early. yeah i think yeah, the was washington I, I, examiner
4: yeah i know Go jp on. morgan got into a little bit of trouble with uh kanye west you know when kanye west was uh was you, you know announcing his Presidential bid and his support for Trump and started getting you know a little a little publicly mouthy um, you know saying some stuff. J.P. Morgan froze his funds. Now he actually sued them and won, um, and that was kind of quietly swept away because they ended up having to pay him, but basically took his money. And he said, "That's all I wanted was my money. I don't want to do banks do business with a bank that you know wants to play politics with my money." Um, you know, so he took out you know tens of millions uh, that he had with them.
1: Wow. Well, another yeah. deal with gun manuf- with gun owners, gun stores, gun manufacturers, things like that. They've been canceling accounts. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me they're doing Christian. Yeah. they're doing the whole woke thing. Bank of America comes from San Francisco for those who don't know. It started as the Bank of Italy, and the person yeah. that started it, I've forgotten his name, uh, Italian obviously uh, in San Francisco, and he did a really good thing. Um, after the San Francisco earthquake of 1906, he loaned money to people when nobody else would. And so all the, the the fishing companies and the construction and the restaurants and all the things that were destroyed in the San Francisco earthquake, they were allowed to rebuild with basically B of A money. And because of that, he made a fortune. I think he had something to do with the, with the bonds, do with the Golden Gate Bridge later too. So the original Bank of yeah. America owner was brilliant. He was a decent person, you know. He loaned to people. He and there was no these people had no collateral. I mean, they just everything had been destroyed in the fire, you know, after the earthquake. Right. But that's how he built his fortune. And it's a re- that's a really great story. And now there are these yeah. woke idiots totally destroying everything that this wonderful man built. It's, it's really sad.
4: Well, that probably holds true. I mean, like if you if you kind of look at all this stuff, and you went back, you talked to J.P. Morgan himself, you know, he'd probably be spinning in his grave. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. let's um, talk to Colonel Sanders about uh, processed, uh, about you know, bug infested processed meat or artificially grown chicken. (laughs) 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 You know, (laughs) Colonel Colonel Sanders is kind of a hero of mine. I think I've copied his beard and mustache. But uh, yeah, guy started working. uh, He started his company at sixty five. He got he retired, got his got got a couple of retirement checks, got bored, (laughs) and then just started making chicken. And that's how it happens. I love stories like that. All day.
2: Well,
4: good. Okay. Well, let's get on with your show, man. Um, I will see you in two weeks.
1: Sounds good. Thanks. Have a wonderful day me, Derek, and we'll talk soon. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And, and John, I have to apologize. Once again, I have uh, found myself, you know, totally uh, blasted with – with work, because I'm trying to get Citizen Legislation Day together. Hopefully we can drag you down from Montana. But i got, I got something slightly patriotic to play for you. I haven't played this soundtrack for a while, but this will get you in the mood to, uh, to talk patriotism, talk guns, talk America, talk about all those things that we talk about. <laughs> Firearm Academy Report with John Delmonico. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> Not exactly how I'm going to do it, but uh, that'll, that'll work for now. So how you been? What's going on? What's yeah. happening?
5: Good. All good. Thanks. How about you?
1: Uh, busy. <laughs> really, really busy. I'm loving every minute of it. Uh, we got the Creek Fest tomorrow, too. I forgot to announce that. So uh, the Santa Rosa Creek brand, Band is having their uh, their festival this weekend it's all over my facebook page it's at the uh, the the uh, creek tribal grounds and they've got the cultural center they've got a uh, uh, a replica creek village and of course i always go for the pan bread and the, the, the corn with the secret recipe you know and you can get your your native american name or i should say american indian name um, so just to give you a quick history the uh, when i was at wby when i first moved out here to florida back in 2017 i was looking for the local you know, as I would call it Native American until I knew better. Now it's American Indian uh, tribe that was in the area because I want to get the folks on the air because I know that uh, American Indians are, are drastically underrepresented uh, on media. And so I found the, the Santa Rosa Creek, and I, I didn't, I didn't ever even heard of the Creek tribe. I've heard of some of the other ones around here, you know, Comanche, Choctaw, Seminole, things like that. But I didn't know about the Creek. Apparently it's huge. Anyway, so it took about six months or so of uh, talking to the chief, uh, who was a little reluctant. He didn't trust me. Who's this new guy from California who wants to put me on the air, right? And, but it worked. Eventually, six months later, came on the show and then started coming on every month. And then uh, Vice Chief Dan Helms, who is now Chief uh, Dan Helms, um, who's, who's, uh, whose name is Suta, which means uh, a sky horse, um, made me a member of the tribe with the tribal council. And so it's a huge honor. So I, I was trying to get him on this week. He was supposed to be on yesterday, but again, yesterday's show canceled. And he's probably really busy today you know, doing stuff. So I'll do some uh, Facebook videos um, tomorrow from the, from the Creek grounds, you know, first thing before they start going. Anyway, so that's what's happening. So, so creek, uh, creek Fest is happening. That's going to be fun. So do you have, uh, what's going on in Montana as far as uh, American Indian folks, now that we're off, off the subject completely?
5: <laughs> yeah, we have a big tribal population across the state, so yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Um, they're, you know, they've got their own reservations, their own rules, their own laws, the whole nine yards there. But uh-huh. yeah, there's a fairly big population here.
1: So, as far, which uh, which of the nations is it? Who, who's up there? Is it Lakota Sioux, or who's up in the North Dakota? Uh, I know it's the I know it's, oh,
5: it's uh, I know it's the Blackfeet for sure. Blackfeet. And then okay. uh, there's some other ones around, but the big one around here is Blackfeet.
1: Is which? Blackfeet. Blackfeet. Okay, interesting. Yeah, there was uh, wasn't there a group that, uh, called Blackfoot, or is that uh, a different?
5: That I
1: don't know. There's a rock band I know because I know I play one of their songs. I forgot who it is. Um. Oh, Highway Song. Who does Highway Song? Now we're really off topic. <laughs> this is kind of fun. I was making. I've been making. Uh, I was making guitar demos last night, so uh, to put on my my uh, my Greg Pingless, uh YouTube channel. So still looking for a band. All right. Let's 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 uh, get into to everything that, that's happening now. So uh, I would just let you take it away. And uh, what's going on in Gun World? Uh, a
5: lot of stuff, but uh, I thought we would kind of start with the Nashville Manifesto again. Okay. And kind of dive deeper into that a little bit. Uh, I, I know your, your take is that we don't really need to see the rest of it because we know what's in it.
1: Uh, no, I didn't it's say not. that. What I'm saying is if they don't, re- actually, I should be really clear on that. If they don't release it, I mean, I want to see it. It, it, has, it has to be released as far as I'm concerned. That's public record. You know, the murder is dead. There's no reason to hold it. Uh, if it embarrasses the family, that's not our problem. We need to learn from this. We need to do a psychological profile. We need to find out whether this is a drug problem, a psychology problem, uh, a child abuse problem. Not that we're excusing it, but we're understanding it. And so in that respect, yes, but what I'm saying is even if we don't have this, based on those three pages, and we even knew this beforehand, we can pretty well guess. This is, this is a, uh, uh, a DEI, uh, uh, what I would call division extortion and idiocracy, uh, created person. And you've got a mentality now. Um, you've got it's like the, the the white young man that was killed by I think like fifteen black teenagers. Uh, there's a, there's an enti- there's a violence entitlement mentality. In fact, I'm gonna write that down. I kind of like that. It's a bad term, but a violent mental violent entitlement. And we need to understand that, and we need to stop it, right?
5: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think there's a few different components. One's political, and one's social. Uh, when it comes to releasing that. We talked a little bit about the political, how it just doesn't fit the narrative. I think the social one's a a bigger issue and and, it leads into what you were talking about, essentially, is there's a reason we need to see this. And it's not to basically glorify what she did. It's not to do anything other than to to help profile it and help understand it. You can't look at her two photos, a before and after photo, uh, before meaning before she decided to switch her genders voluntarily, and after that process that occurred right before the shooting and not see that there was a progression there into the darkness.
1: Google well, let's talk about that let's from let's what you know. That. Let's, let's, let's hold back because this is really interesting. So we, we have uh, you know, a chick that wanted to be a dude. Uh, and as I call it, and like I said, we have a trans reporter on the show. So I mean, I deal with this all every week. And, it, it, and again, but I separate adults who make a conscious decision for what I call elective surgery and drug treatments so they can live their life the way they want. And the agenda, the civil rights aspect, which I don't buy at all for a second, uh, and, or the excuse that uh, this, the, the, these people are victims of the, or an entire group that needs to be protected on civil rights laws. No, this is elective surgery and drugs for adults. That's what it's for. And it's, it's, you know, it's not something we should fund. It's not something that should be done as part of a, a health insurance thing. But if people want to voluntarily do it, there's America. You, know, you have the right to do some really dumb stuff. And that's okay but you don't have the right to force others to do it or you have, you don't have the right to force others to accept what you do. I don't have to con- accept it. I don't have to condone it. Uh, I do want to understand it. And so that's why we do what we do on the show here, but that that's where I come down on that. So uh, just to be clear for everybody, so they know what's, what's happening.
5: Right. But I think that feeds into the narrative as well. It doesn't fit their narrative.
1: Nope, not at all. If
5: you see a progression. If you can just visually see the progression, you have to know what's in those notes, within those, those writings of hers, was on her search history, was in her social media, could easily right. track that progression. and, and that's well, the value How does it go was,
0: from,
1: uh, we, can you generalize about a progression like that? Let's, let's take a, uh, you know, a healthy, well-adjusted kid you know, at five, you know, or as much as five-year-olds can be, and then let's go to a teenager who's all of a sudden been, been trans by society. How, how does that work? What, what do you see as the well, steps along the way? Well, the, the
5: steps would be, okay, one, you've got the parents who accept it and encourage. Okay.
1: Right. So there's
5: the free-for-all. There's no rules, there's no boundaries. Then you start adding medications into that, which messes with mm-hmm. their development from that age through their entire adult life. Mm-hmm. And, and then you've got social media pressures, society pressures, government pressures. On top of all of that, that's, that's the recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Right? She was under the care of a doctor for emotional problems. Everyone glosses over that. We don't know what the emotional problem is because they aren't releasing that. The autopsy only dealt with illegal drugs and alcohol. It didn't screen for prescription medication. No, you mm-hmm. have
1: to screen for that. In fact, I don't know if there's a requirement to do that, but the I mean, logic would say not only screen for a prescription, uh, but I would focus particularly on antidepressants, uh, on puberty-blocking trans drugs, uh, on ADHD drugs, uh, all those things
5: sure it should be a full panel regardless of yeah. whether it was prescribed to her or not so uh-huh. that would be no different than let's say the average uh, hype goes out on the street and you only screen for heroin but you don't screen for
1: oxycontin because that's a prescription drug and he may have stolen <laughs> that for someone yeah right now do they have so, panels where they just test for maybe thousands of different compounds or how do they do it how, do, how does a how does a toxicology screen work
5: I don't know the logistics of it. I'm, my, my basic understanding is they just screen for whatever's in the system, outside of what should be there. So if it flags, it'll have a chemical compound. That chemical compound will identify as X. Oh. So it's not specifically necessarily. They can screen for specific drugs. Like they can limit the scope. Right. Which, which sounds like they did. Huh. imagine it would be you know alcohol, and then it would be the majors you know, um, CNS depressant, CNS stimulant. Uh, you know, speed, cocaine, uh, heroin, the, the big ones, fentanyl, uh, PCP, the the big major categories, and then they basically ignored all the uh, the lesser degree drugs or prescription drugs.
1: Is there pressure from the American Psychiatric Institute or WebMD or Johns Hopkins or any of these uh, uh, any of these folks to sort of limit the uh, discussion, description, or even search for? Some of the 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 antidepressants that we know are causing massive problems that have things like well, it's like the antidepressants, the ADHD drugs, Adderall, uh, Ritalin. I mean, their their side effects are horrible. I think they remember. I know Ritalin does does because I I looked it up in the Physicians Desk Reference. uh, Includes uh, homicidal and suicidal tendencies. Why would you ever prescribe a drug like that? I think I've asked you that before. Some of these drugs have
5: really side effects. Oh, turn turn on your TV. How many how many of those commercials for all of those drugs list suicidal thoughts or depression as one of the actual things they have to say on TV.
1: Right. But they say it so fast. They say it in a stuff. way that you don't listen. No, I know absolutely. we have the but, but, Yeah, that's just, yeah, it's crazy. Huh.
5: But to answer your question, yeah, there's absolutely pressure. One, because it's a massive amount of money involved. Right. And two, because they don't even want to acknowledge it.
1: Huh?
5: The, the whole transgender thing is, is a pretty good case study of that. I mean, technically it was, it's considered a mental disorder, but they're not trans, they're not treating the disorder anymore. They're just encouraging it and then giving them medication to, to give them what they want.
1: Hmm. Yeah, this only came up in the last five years or so. So, uh, you know, we used to joke about drag, drag queens and transvestites. And I remember the, the show Rocky Horror Picture Show was a big joke. Sure. back in the, I think it came out like 78, 79. I was, I, was in, you know, I was just going into college when it came out. We, we laughed hysterically. Or like in the, in the 80s, I joke about this too, the, the hair metal bands. You know, Van Halen poison, you know, who, all these, you know, motley crew. You know, we had men dress a kiss, you know, we had men dressing in, in spandex and makeup. But it wasn't a civil rights group. We just thought it was funny. Yeah, it was and a now Yeah, it was costume. It was an act. We knew it was an act. Right. That was that was the difference. Right.
5: Now they're now what they're saying is one, it's acceptable, one two it's encouraged. And three, we're going to facilitate that from five years or two years or three years or however old you want to make that child up mm-hmm. up and destroy their entire lives based on it. It's, it's a form of child abuse, flat out.
0: Oh, I absolutely it should be agree. Prosecuted I,
5: across the board. It should be prosecuted yeah. for physicians. It should be prosecuted for psychiatric people. It should prosecute across the
1: board. hmm now you talked to our, our trans reporter, um, who went through two years of counseling, who went through I guess several you know more years of, of treatments and things like that. This was a conscious, you know, as far as I can tell, fully informed decision. But that's not who we're talking about here, you know. So for those adults that want to do it, like I say, I I wish you made another choice um, because I think there were there are other ways to to, uh, to handle you know your life. But uh, since they have made that choice as consenting adults. Yeah, it's your business. Just don't charge me for it. And like I say, don't try and uh, you know, suggest that, uh, that I should do it or pay for it or, or you get a special privilege or a civil rights you know, mm-hmm. listing to do that. But the kids, in fact, uh, our trans reporter is, is absolutely against touching the kids. You know, uh, was it, Gay Against Groomers this is another group. So you've got a gay group that is absolutely dedicated to stopping uh, groomers from going after kids, whether it's drag queen shows and things like that. So there is within the, you know, the LGBT community. Uh, groups that say, no, you know, this is, the, the, the we are who we are, but we're not going to mess with the kids. I respect that, you know, but, but it's, that's yeah. not the case everywhere. Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
5: <laughs> Consent's the key word there.
1: Children yep. can't consent. Right.
5: They're not capable. That's the problem. You, you can't allow a child. I, it's like taking a five-year-old and saying, okay, what do you want to be today? I want to be a pirate. Well, let's
1: cut off your leg and get, poke one of your eyes and give you a patch. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you've said that before, and it makes perfect sense. So kids cannot sure. give their consent. Well, even eighteen-year-olds, I don't think. I don't know. It's almost like you want to make this a, for medical procedures, like a twenty-one or even a twenty-five-year-old kind of thing. I don't know how you do that, but but twenty-one would be a better age than eighteen. I mean, I was eighteen in college. I wasn't making the best decisions.
5: Sure. Fortunately, you, I you survived at all. Legislated. Well, yeah, you yeah. can legislate because in our society, 18 is an adult. But medically, as an ethical concern on a doctor's front, they could easily say, you're 18, fair enough, but we're not going to do a procedure on anyone until they're 25. They could make that decision.
1: So the American Medical Association could do that as like a guideline or how would they do that? Sure. Or as like an ethical yeah, practice? Okay. Yeah,
5: yeah, you as you are not, you're not ready to have this surgery
1: for because you're not capable of making that
5: decision informed yet. You have to do X amount of work get to there so we can confirm this isn't a disorder or this isn't a wham, so it's best for your patient. So we're back to do no harm. Right? Yeah. If they do no harm, then you have to put
1: those restrictions on
5: people. If I come in and say, hey, I want my you know left arm removed for fun, they should be saying no.
1: Yeah, they have, I mean there's a point where they have to use their own ethics because people can request all kinds of crazy things. But I've had I've had a couple of trans people on the show who are Completely happy. They're, they're happy with what they've done. They have no regrets, uh, but I think that's a minority I'll bet you that's a small percentage, but for those people you've got to identify and isolate them and say okay for you It's gonna, you know, you're convinced this to work. We'll find out um, But uh, so so that's not where the problem lies But uh, so why is it what, what where do you think this and I got Pianca line I'll get him in a second Where do you think this comes from because this is new? What what is the goal here? of, uh, of, of, of transing kids you know, who are perfectly happy, healthy kids, or maybe not, you know, perfectly happy, but there's certainly, we're talking healthy, developing kids at whatever age, you know, up through teenagers. Why? What What? what possible reason could there be to do this to kids?
5: That's easy. How, how do you control society?
1: Through the youth. Oh, lots of ways. Probably, oh, through you the can't. youth, okay.
5: Well, no, but through the youth. You take away right. the parental guidelines. You take away the parents in the home. You take away their authority. Put that in their there being the child's hand and then have society encouraging condone it. it's all part of that you know system of destroying but this is, our society somewhere within
1: but this is different than, than sexualizing kids like remember when we had the five-year-old beauty pageants was it Jean benet ramsey was killed or murdered you know we had we have little girls in beauty pageants that to me is disgusting it's not as bad as transient because the effects hopefully aren't are uh, permanent but, uh, I, mean, I mean, the whole sexualizing of kids is, is horrible, but there's, like, different degrees. This seems like a whole different degree. It's different than a, than a child beauty pageant. It's, it's different than, you know, having 10-year-old models, which is probably like child porn, if you think about it, in some of these magazines. When have they
5: ever stopped? When have they ever not taken the next step? Okay. It's a, total, it's a progression. It started with that, yeah. and it's progressed in, incrementally at every, right. every chance they get. So every time you it's give an inch, take a mile. Right, they give ground, or we give ground. They take mm-hmm. it, and then they add it to it. And you, you can actually we, probably liken that to Israel. Okay, Israel gave ground. Now they want more.
1: Well, well I, I, we all knew this, but the whole thing about Gaza was so crazy. Um, let's get Pianke in the conversation here. So, Pianki, what's what's uh, what's your take on what we're seeing so far here? Well, as
2: far as Nashville is concerned with the trans terrorists, the damage has been done. It's when you had anti-gun advocacy mobilize public school districts and put in the heads of those students that guns are the problem. And so how do guns and trans to... relate?
1: Uh, let, let's see if we can put these two together. So you've got a trans agenda and you've got an anti-gun agenda. It's like freedom for one, but confiscation for the other. It's, it's an interesting no, it hypocrisy, right? It's the
2: mental condition. Okay. If you read the woman's transcript, that reads that something's mentally wrong. So it, it, it should be a remobilization, auditorium sessions, to inform the students that this person had a mental condition and it was not the gun.
1: Well, isn't that the, let me, this is a question for John. Isn't that the case with every mass public shooter? Is there anybody who's ever shot a uh, shopping mall or a, a demonstration or, or like Las Vegas or any of those places where the person was judged to be you know, mentally sane and competent? And they have to have some kind of mental problems, but you wouldn't do that. That's what I would think.
5: Well, you're talking two different standards. One, okay.
1: is,
5: mental, one is the insanity defense versus reality. I mean, we all know that going into the mall And killing 50 people is insane on its face, but that doesn't make them insane in the eyes of the law. Oh, There's a difference there. You you wouldn't necessarily have an insanity defense. You would just have someone who is either – so terrorists are a good example. Terrorists, by their definition, in our opinion, are insane, but that's not a defense in court for them. They can't go in and say, well, I didn't know what I was doing because I was crazy.
1: Oh, I don't think they're insane. I think they're ideologically driven. I think that the basis of the thought process is totally whacked out. But in the same well, way, you could say well, that, yeah, uh, that a transmuter is too. That. Go ahead. By
5: definition, though, that's that's a mental disorder.
1: That's okay. a mental
5: condition. If you have a processing well, ter- problem well, with your mental
1: being a terrorist, well, is no, well, it's really
5: a, not well, you just said it was a processing disorder. And if you have an ideolo- if you're ideolo- ideologically driven to the extreme then, yeah, that can be classified as a mental disorder. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Piyaki?
2: Well, really, it's not because they diagnosed slaves that wanted to run away with a a disease called Diassepia Ethiopia. (laughs) You can understand why they wanted to run away. So, no, it depends. Uh, If you're fighting, like the South African or Zania was fighting the Boers, Mm-hmm. And the Boers were perceived as being terrorists because they had invaded their land.
1: Yeah, Boer Wars kind and of... And you don't know, to, they, things. they, they, they died the disease
2: of slaves that tore up equipment as mania. It created these terms.
1: You know, it's fascinating because to me, a slave who doesn't want to escape, that's where the mental problem is. I think we call that Stockholm Syndrome, where you love your captor. Yeah, I get all
5: that. Pianchi's making the point though. It's it's the fact that she had damage and and, well it's the fact that the shooter in Tennessee had damage and was damaged psychologically for sure. But the fact that they're not releasing any of that information is the problem. And we're back to the narrative. They're they're controlling the narrative because yeah, but if it shows if if her writings, her search histories, her social media show that progression. That shows that she was radicalized because of what she saw and the sites she followed, as opposed to it being the Christian white kids at the school. They can't have that out and about because it destroys what they're trying to tell people.
1: Even though we know that, we know exactly that it's going to say that. We know what is. This is why I say we know where this is going to go, but we need to see the proof to to convince all the people that don't know where it's going to go. We know.
5: Yeah, they can't have the proof out there. Okay. You need to keep people away from information where they can find it for
1: themselves or make a rational decision. But isn't that a mental disorder in itself? Is this uh, this idea that they can control the narrative, that they can control the information, sooner or later it's going to come out? It's just a question of how and when. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Oh, no, unless it's destroyed. I don't, I
5: don't so. Okay, so what happened with JFK? Does that come out
1: fully? Yeah, That's true. Yeah, good point.
5: Right. It, let's, let's take Vegas. That was more recent. Has that come out fully? No, none of it. We may never see this. What people fail to see is or fail to recognize is how much information they really got. Huh. By all accounts, even their media accounts up front, they got a treasure trove of documents, maps, detailed maps. They don't, you know, most people don't know that she actually um, did a threat assessment on another location and found that it had too much security, so that's why she's... I heard about they had a, that. They had a, yeah, they didn't release the information on where it was or what it was. Everyone's so tied up on these three pages that someone took a photo of, probably in the field, and they're right. ignoring the bigger picture and what's right. really out there and, and what really matters as far as this, this goes. One, the government cover-up, and the fact they won't release it, and two, how much information there could actually provide assistance to the general public, even in the sense of profiling someone that they see might have a problem. Go back to my original statement with the two photos. You Mm -hmm. start to see that progression. That person should be on someone's radar. You should be trying to help that person. But if you don't see that and people don't understand it, they can't recognize it. Part, Part of what we do as instructors is we come out and we provide people with information and confidence to act on that information confidence is a non-victim quality. Well, if you have the knowledge to recognize something that can happen before it happens and act on it, you're less likely to become a victim. So we'll use Nashville as an example. You see this perfectly healthy, happy young woman who starts to take a dark turn and it Mm -hmm. continues to progress. And you start to see this transition. Well, if you're thinking, well, I'm sure it's okay. I'm sure she's just having problems. It's one thing and you ignore it. Another thing when you see that person start to take it darker and darker and darker and then they start posting things on social media and then they start buying weapons and then they start researching active shooters and murderers. That's a totally different deal. You can't ignore.
1: So at what point do you intervene? You know, like I say, we don't want to uh, uh, destroy the rights of of law abiding gun owners by just preemptively taking guns away. But if you see a pattern like this, at what point, you know, do you intervene and, and what can you do? And I know that's a huge question. But what are some steps? Taking guns away. Right, this I know. That, not, taking guns away. That's, let's this separate that out. So we're, okay. So, so what can we do? Because we that's that's the excuse. It's like, well, let's take the guns away and everything will be fine. That's a problem too, because that's a completely misunderstanding of the problem. So, where when you see a person like this, at what point and who should be doing uh, the intervening and what and what should they be doing? Where, where how do you how do you change the course of a person on this path? It's going to depend on the relationship removing... for the person. Go ahead. Right? So let's, let's assume that
5: it's um, someone we don't have a relationship with. You start okay. to see that dark turn. Uh, make it a coworker that you know, but you don't really know. You, you know right. them by name because you work with them. They're not your friend. You don't have a family. You don't have a relationship with them other than within that confines of employment. That's the kind of thing where, one, you either bring it to a supervisor mm-hmm. to start and say, hey, look, I think this person's having problems. Can we get them some help? That doesn't work then you make a call to probably local law enforcement and say someone needs to do a welfare check on this person
0: what's a welfare
5: check should, uh basically the police go out and they talk to them and make sure they're okay, okay. make sure that they're not going to hurt themselves or hurt someone else right most of these major departments now have a um it's like a either a met team or pet team a mental evaluation team or a psychiatric evaluation team
1: where they're pet actually team, I was starting, wondering.
5: <laughs> this is going kind to of a funny term, but anyway, yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, those teams, they, they're actually starting to coordinate with uh, local law enforcement. They have an on-call or on-staff uh, psychiatric person who's trained in that field, and they'll go out together and talk to that person mm-hmm. and make an evaluation, right? Those things can work if they're implemented and they're done properly. Even Maine, with their yellow flag laws, that guy was a prime candidate for that law to take effect, to have mm-hmm. him evaluated, have him institutionalized temporarily to get him the help he needs,
0: mm-hmm.
5: and then even state storage of his firearms if you want to take it that far. But the problem we're having now is either they're willfully ignoring it or they're willf- or willfully untrained, one of the two. And or I Or both. I think it's probably the, well, I think it's the former more than the latter, to be honest. How many of so these just... last mass murderers have been on the radar, have been – contacted by the police for their mental health, problems, have been on a FBI or you know government watch list for mm-hmm. what's going on in their mm-hmm. mental problems. Uh, Maine's a good example. That guy was in the Army National Guard, a federal organization.
1: So they had a lot of information nothing. on him. They had, they had behavioral right. stuff. They had performance reviews. Sure. They had a, me, made a security check of some kind. So they had several different and, you know, and that that that's the, the dichotomy
5: between Maine and Tennessee. Maine, they okay. had everything on that guy within, what, a couple hours? Right. All of his information. Who he was, how long he'd been institutionalized, what his background was, all of it. But now you've got Tennessee where you've got nothing. Just
1: word of mouth speculation and press reports. So is it all because of the, the, the trans agenda that they're they're so scared of or or willfully – -hmm. Not releasing anything in other words if there wasn't if this person wasn't a trans person was just a very disturbed young person I Mean how old are how old's a murder? How how old are we talking about here? Was it like 18 21? I don't I've forgotten the age
5: She was like 22 23 I think
1: okay, so 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 that's an adult. That's that's a that you know over 21 that's a full adult. So we're talking about someone as an adult made a conscious decision to commit murder Yes, and if you take the trans out of it and you just treat this as a murder, which is what you, you mentioned earlier, and I agree with. It, it, it's crime is a crime. It doesn't matter who did it. It's, it's a crime itself. It's so in the normal course of a murder, wouldn't you investigate all the social media? I mean, they've done it with murders in the past. I've seen it. I've seen the reports.
5: Yeah, absolutely. The, you, can't take, you can't take the trans out of it, and that's the problem. They can't do it. Right. You talk about mental disorders. Honestly, liberalism is a mental disorder.
1: So let's talk about because that. That's a, that's a Michael Savage no you know, thing, right? Oh, is it? I don't, I don't pay attention. Well, he, to he's, very he's much, saying but... liberalism is a mental disorder. He's been saying it for like thirty years. Yeah.
2: So, so uh, let's okay. talk about
1: that. So, so, so and it's something I was sort of alluding to very briefly earlier that the mental disorder is like the enablers. So the enablers of this are the police, the FBI. The the local media, the regional media, the national media, the American Psychiatric Association, the various hospitals, anybody this person went to and visited, their own doctor, their own psychiatrist or psychologist, the school counselors, because I think it's Aubrey, the original name of this person, went to that school. So what is it about that school that we should find out? What didn't they treat? What didn't they look into? What uh, you know? I mean, you, you can go for it. like I say, we're not excuse it, but was this kid bullied constantly? You know, was there something? Are there? You know, what's the total package? What do we need to know to understand why this happened? So again, you know, prevention works for security for everything else like that because this person was smart enough to do a security check of another of another site and decided on this one because this is the one they could get into. Well, All right, go ahead, Bianchi. Her medical
2: condition is not open to public scrutiny.
1: It's between her and her doctors. Well, at some point it is. Let me ask John about that. No, what point, at what point? Where does privacy end? If someone murder is a murderer, especially if they were killed in the process of their murder, doesn't that you know? Don't they lose their privacy at that point? Privacy, right?
2: No, you never lose your privacy.
1: Well, well, and, uh, but, uh, hold on. I want to get John's opinion on this because I disagree with you on that.
2: Privacy is a
1: constitution of protection, isn't it? Anyway, uh, you have, no, well, it technically says the Fourth Amendment says you have the right to be uh, safe and secure in your person, your home, your papers, and your effects. Now, does that well, extend to if you're not alive anymore? What, in other words, do you have yeah. constitutional rights if you're not alive? That's an interesting question.
2: Well, that's her – you know, it's just like if you wanted to find out the the, the uh, test scores of, of your own – a nephew, unless he approves of it, you can't get it.
1: Yeah, but your nephew's probably alive. I'm talking about somebody who's dead. What privacy? Well, I'm, this I want to throw this back to John. So, so someone who's dead in the course of a murder investigation, aren't your privacy things different than if someone is alive and accused? I mean, it's a completely different uh, ballgame, isn't it? I would think
5: they're going to they're going to leave that up to a foot, judge. That's the oh. bottom line. It, the the what's going to happen, usually speaking or generally speaking, is the Doctor, medical facility is going to no. We're not going to release that voluntarily. And then the police department's going to write a search warrant for it. Judge is going to grant it, and they're going to get it.
1: Okay, that's what usually works. Did anybody do that in this case? Has anybody written a search warrant for that document?
5: Uh, It's hard to say because they won't release it. That I don't. I don't. There's no reporting on them actually um, writing a warrant for her background or her medication. The only report they had was that they searched her, um, her belongings, her parents' house. I uh, think there's was one other location, and that's when they they gathered all the documents and all of our writings and everything like that and our computers. But there was no so has, uh, no follow up on a search warrant for uh, a medical facility or or, or uh, medical records.
1: So are the parents part of the cover up, or are they actually looking into you know what happened to our daughter? Are they curious? Are they trying to what, what what's what's going on with Mom, the parents?
5: Mom's a big gun control advocate activist,
1: uh, uh-huh. so
5: it's hard to say. And it's hard to say. And, you know, mm. plus parents are grieving, plus they don't want that information out because it makes their daughter look bad. So right. least, I would imagine that they don't want it out uh, for personal reasons. It would be hard-pressed to any parent to say, look, my, my daughter just killed a bunch of kids and people in a school, and, you know, I want to really solve it should make her look worse.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Now, is this person a gun control advocate before this happened? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so
5: she she had had uh, an active presence, like on Facebook and some other social media sites, about being a gun control advocate. Hmm. So
1: that, if you want right, to rebe- if I you want to, to rebel to against it. mom, that's one way to do it.
5: <laughs> right, and that's the point. So we'll never know because not really the information. This
1: huh. this
5: could have been just an angry woman because she was pissed at her parents. It's there's so many different variables here that could have happened, but it'd be nice to know what happened so we can. Prevent it from happening again, so you can educate people. And
1: the are there cases similar to this? Maybe in years past, when they didn't have the the trans cover up narrative, maybe like 10, 20 years uh, ago. I'm just curious. Yeah,
5: well, I also think I also think information was less available then too. Would be hard oh, okay. copies. There wouldn't be a digital footprint.
1: Wouldn't be internet. Yeah, they wouldn't be just sending it yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. The
5: digital footprint's huge. I mean, if you look at your people's search engines the social media sites they went to, the the internet sites mm-hmm. they went to. That tells a lot about a
1: person. Oh, listen, just you right. search my name, there's like somewhere between eight and 10 pages. You know, everything right. from tour guide reviews to my experimental news program to, you know, my book, <laughs> you know, to my show, <laughs> to my articles, to um, everything, you know, even my guitar videos. <laughs> you know, I mean, I produce a lot of stuff online. And so... Sure, and
5: they data mine you. You know, they can data mine that all.
1: Facebook, that all mean? your
5: social media accounts. Yeah, go oh. through all of your social media, all of your computers, all of your files, all your all of your personal internet browsing. They're not mm-hmm. just what you produce, what you right. look at,
1: what you read about, what you watched. See, that's interesting. So, I, so the stuff I make public, you know, that is, I don't care if anybody looks at it. That's why I make it public. If I wanted a private right. Facebook account, I'd have one. But it, it, it's an advantage to Action Radio to have my stuff be public, so people can see my posts. Now they restrict me. It's kind of interesting, because the opposite of this is, is censorship. So for someone like me, that's just putting out, you know, freedom and liberty and uh, America First and, uh, you know, founding documents and things like that. I'm the one that gets restricted, right? For doing the stuff that our country stands for, and yet someone, you know, a, a, of a trans, you know. Uh, I don't, say, I don't want to say victim, but uh, someone like this, you know, their stuff all get suppressed uh, when we really need to know it. Mm-hmm. You know, my stuff, I'm trying to get out and I can't, uh, and that stuff we don't know if. Uh, uh, does someone like, who does a crime like this, a murder, who does that, who who makes a 200 page manifesto, don't they want that out themselves? I mean, this like uh, Ted Kaczynski, remember the the Unabomber? Yeah. He mm-hmm. got his manifesto yeah, yeah. out. He wanted everybody to know why he was doing it. Sure, but he had
5: to mail it.
1: To the newspaper.
2: Okay,
5: right. So that that goes back to that. Now we are in a digital age where none of right. that ever goes away, right? The government, though, now has gotten very, very good at scrubbing their accounts nearly instantaneously.
1: So you know, it's within, interesting. Within
5: within hours, not even hours, probably within minutes. You know, minutes of them identifying that person, their social media accounts are gone from public view. You can't access them anymore. You won't. Now, that's,
1: that. that's a cooperative thing with, uh, you know, with big tech and big government. Yeah, absolutely. Is that supposed to be illegal? Absolutely. <laughs> well, if someone well, – yeah. so, all right. So let's, let's say that uh, – I, I think I remember the name of Aubrey Hale comes to mind. So if yeah. Aubrey's account on Facebook um, – but before it's done, of course, you know, what people should do is all get screenshots. So well, I think this person's a problem. Take screenshots because now, now, now you've got a record unless they steal your computer. You know, you can still put those things out there, but you probably only do it once until you're found out. But the point is that there is a way to take somebody's information before it's, it's scrubbed if you think this person is going to be a problem. It's kind of interesting. Um, but wouldn't they generally these people want that information out there? That's why they put it on social media in the first place. Well, what do you think? Yeah. Why do people, why do they put threats on? You know, they say, you know, someone hates your school. They'll, they'll, they'll say something, I'm, I'm going to, you know, shoot up school X, you know, because I hate them because they hated me. I was bullied.
5: Two different reasons, probably. It depends on the timing of the post. She okay. posted that right before she walked and basically went to the school. Okay. She had the intent. She had murder in her heart. It was a done deal. She was just mm-hmm. making an announcement. If you post that three weeks out, though, that's,
1: that's a cry for help. Okay. That makes sense.
5: That, that, that to me is, okay, look, I'm planning on doing this. Someone stop me. Right. I don't really want to do this. Right. But your screenshots are a good example. Yeah. You screenshot that stuff and then you send it to the cops. Right. The cops should be screenshotting it to have a record of it before it disappears, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's, that's the difference. So it's uh, almost like a suicide attempt. Really. When you think about it, you know, the person that cuts their wrist first and then calls is one thing. The person that reaches out to a friend and says, you know, I'm in a dark spot. I just wanted to say goodbye. You You probably won't hear from me tomorrow. That's a cry for help.
1: Yeah. So what do you think with this case, with uh, the Nashville murder?
5: Oh, I think it was a done deal. The way she okay. did it, and when she posted the way she when she posted and how she posted right before it happened, right. it wasn't a cry for help, it was an announcement.
1: Think so of what it is someone, of,
5: if you look at, you look at these active shooters, mm-hmm. this is the Olympics for them. Think about it. They're training for an event that, is going to make them famous in their eyes, right? Most of these people want to beat the last body count, right? They're, they're practicing, they're training, they're prepping. 99% of these didn't happen in a vacuum. It wasn't a spree situation where they woke up that day, had a twitch, Mm -hmm. picked up a gun and shot everybody. Right. There was time, there was planning. There was a lot that went into this. She's a good example. She, t- she planned it out. She went to different locations. She did threat assessments on the locations. She knew where the security cameras were. She knew how the surveillance worked. She knew where she was going to go in. She acquired the weapon. She acquired the ammunition. It was all planned out. But that didn't happen overnight. That happened probably over months, if not years, to get to that point. But that's mm-hmm. where we're back to the prevention. If we can teach yep. people what to look for and understand those signs, it helps. But if you give them concrete Information of how this happened in the past because you saw this from this person, not mm-hmm. theory. It's not made up. It's not hypothetical. It's real life, and people tend to listen to that more. Hmm.
1: So what's what's the uh, this this? You mentioned we probably should talk about this more. The scrubbing of information, Pianki. If you want to get back in, feel free. Um, but this this scrubbing information because the one thing I discovered with COVID was that the information available is amazing, but. It's the, the, the disinformation is also bad and the ability to remove information. Now, fortunately, I have a chart that I put on every single show. Uh, have you seen the COVID chart that I put on? Where COVID is gone no. by July of 2020? Okay, so look at any broadcast yes, show. Yes,
5: yes for sure. I saw All right.
1: That chart is no longer available. You can't look it up. I screenshot it i like screenshot of several of them. I keep that on my computer. And I broadcast that every single day. So there's a perfect example of me sticking it to the government and the CDC saying, look, here's your chart. July of 2020, COVID was, the death rate was near zero. And after that, they started lying because they realized that the COVID death rate, we had herd immunity. You know, COVID started in January, peaked in uh, April 15th, kind of ironic tax day, uh, and it was basically gone by, by July. And that is the normal course of, of – uh, of, uh, actually, it's a little bit longer, but that's a fairly normal – you know, probably lasted longer because it was a, a, a human-created, it was a man-made uh, virus. But it was started in January and it was basically gone by July. That's six months. No vaccine. We, people that survived the best had early treatments. Uh, most people developed herd immunity who got no treatment at all, and it was done. Well, then they started lying, and that's when they started going to cases, and then the lockdowns, and the mandates, and the fear, and the fear reduced immune systems, and then we got to uh, all the other things. And then the jab came out, and that caused people to die from the jab, and the hospitals were killing people with the ventilators. We know the whole story, right? But that chart, that one chart that I broadcast every single day, I've been doing it for probably better part of a year now. Nobody notices it. Nobody comments on it, but it's right there. You can't find that chart anywhere. That's why I posted. it right, every Had you not screenshot it, you'd never day. seen it. That's right. Well, I got a bunch of things. <laughs> the, the, you know, I have a whole file on, on early COVID articles talking about COVID not being a big deal, saying that we have early treatments. It's curable. Most of those articles I still have because they haven't been scrubbed. I should probably screenshot all of yeah. them. I think I've, yeah, I want to screenshot them too. But anyway, but the print point them. is, that, yeah, okay, I'll print them. That's, that's not a bad idea. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I've told that's everybody. the game now. That's yeah. the
5: game now, and, and that happens all the time. So in in my business, that's what we have to do now. You will take mm-hmm. an incident where let's say someone was attacked on video. If I don't pull that video and download it or uh, you know screenshot it immediately, mm-hmm. there's a good mm-hmm. chance that'll be gone in the next minute. That's how quick they are, or it'll be yeah. sanitized. It'll be one of the two. It'll be completely gone, or they'll give you one still image from the video itself, and you'll never see Mm -hmm. it again. And that goes with those articles for the China virus. When that first jumped off, as we were doing research, as we were looking into those things, those things Mm -hmm. were disappearing at a record rate. So we would have to pull them, print them, so we have a hard copy to be able to refer to them.
1: Isn't it fascinating? We're we're back to uh, books. (laughs) We're back to printed materials. I want to get an old dictionary for just that reason. Um, just have have an old record of what what the language sounded like. So we're getting, you know, the Internet has given us access to information, but it's also made it easier to get rid of information. And so, well, I'll tell you, Piaget knows about this case, too. There's an article I, I read from regularly from Knightsbridge on the Trump electors, and it describes the whole process. It described it accurately day by day. You can't find that article either. I look for it. But I printed it up, right. I've, I've, you, know, you know, I screenshot it and, you know, it did the whole thing. And so I refer to that constantly only because I've got it. Uh, I've got an article, um, plus I had a really good memory, but memories fade. But I have an article that says that both uh, the, the Republicans and Democrats were briefed by, uh, a, ja- by uh, a Japanese pharmaceutical official that used to be a former, well, he was an American citizen, but uh, worked for government, then worked for big pharma, then worked for Japanese pharma. Uh, came back to Congress in March of 2020 and said, look, everybody's getting exposed to COVID. You know the you know, vaccines maybe yes maybe no it doesn't matter everybody's gonna get you know we're all gonna get herd immunity anyway it's all gonna be done with you know in a short time they knew it and yet they let the mandates go through so we, that's how we know they're all a bunch of hypocrites but it's fascinating the the, the early COVID articles said look you know, especially the dvro out ones in marseille france you take the hydroxychloroquine you know vitamin d vitamin c you know zinc the, the zelenko protocol you know which and i'm we had dr zelenko on the show I still got the recordings Fortunately, they leave my podcast alone, but um, the the information is amazing. But it's it's really did you expect when the when the internet came out that they would be as controlling of it and remove information um, as fast as they they, they put it up? Because that was a shock to me. I was not expecting that.
5: I don't think anybody expected it. Well, when the first internet first came up, I don't think anyone expected it to be what it is. Yeah, it's it's exploded to beyond anyone's imagination at the time. Mm -hmm. I think we have so much information at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. Cell phones are a perfect example of that. It started out with a a phone that, you know, is a brick, and now you've got a phone that fits in the palm of your hand. You can access anything in the world in 10 seconds.
1: Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, technology is fabulous, you know, but but on the other hand, those who are abusing it, you know, make it uh, make right. it horrible. And now it now it works in reverse. It spies on you instead of you getting information, it actually gives the information on you. So I don't put a lot on my phone. I just don't. But uh like I say, I don't mind ten pages on me because most of that's the stuff I want out there anyway. So I don't have a problem with it.
5: You no, I, I agree, and but and that's yeah. so if you see look at um so the the Tennessee Manifesto is a good example. So they're using the premise of well, oh, this is an ongoing investigation.
0: Right? Well, Which we, all yes. know,
5: we all know that, but that's what they're using. But right. that's where that spider web takes effect. So you, you put her in the center, and let's use Facebook as an example.
0: Mm-hmm. So
5: she's on Facebook, and she's got 100 friends. Now you've got 100 leads. Each one of those friends has 100 friends. Now you've got 1,000 or, or 10,000
1: mm-hmm. So they can tie this up forever. So are they tying up other people's accounts? Like if you happen to be
5: no, that's the thing. My guess is they're just monitoring them uh, because most of those are open anyway, right? So they're just monitoring and pulling pulling public information. It's all open source, so -hmm. they're just pulling what they want from it, right? And all they have to do is make another you know half a step every few days and say, "Well, yeah, we're still investigating." (laughs) That's the scam.
1: Well, I'm waiting for someone to challenge that. I've I've talked about this, you know, with anybody in Congress, you know, when Chris Ray gets up and says, well, we can't uh, talk about the uh, border security problem because that's an ongoing investigation. And and I'm waiting for the first person in Congress to say, well, we're doing an ongoing investigation too. It's called oversight. So let's hear it. You can't use that excuse anymore. But they don't do it. There's a bunch of geldings up there. It's really, it's it's, it's amazing how bad these people are at their job. They just refuse to challenge anything. Because they don't really want to know. Well, oh, that's another problem. They're just, that's as, compromised. Problem. Yeah, they're that's just
5: as compromised as the people they're interviewing. Right. So they really can't get to the depth of it because they know they're compromised. And that's been hmm. the problem historically. That's, that's the problem with every industry, including cops. You hmm. an organization where people are compromised, they promoted through that rank, and they're going to do whatever their superior tells them because they know they're compromised.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't work for a, a radio station. I mean, I noticed that as as much as I had a you know, fabulous boss when I started, um, I knew that, um, you know, well, I, I was with WBY and it was bought out by another uh, competitor in the Pensacola area here. And as soon as I had, you know, another boss that uh, I didn't want and started ordering me around. It's like, you know, I can't work for, for people like this. I can't do what I want to do at action radio. If I have some higher company telling me what to do. So I have to be independent. So I understand that. I understand that whole independent nature. Uh, and, and but if you're a cop, you're in the hierarchy and they hold the pension, they hold the retirement, they hold the health benefits, they hold all these things over people. That's how the mandates took place. Well, if you don't, uh, get this COVID shot that you don't need, you know, we're going to up your pension and, uh, you know, we might transfer you to, uh, you know, parking tickets or something like that. I mean, they do a constant sure, course of things. it's
5: twofold. It's right. twofold. One it's, one, it's an integrity problem. What's right is right. right. Stand up do the right thing. But two, it's also how they treat whistleblowers. If you do stand up, you become mm-hmm. a target of the organization. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's at the local and, and the federal level. It's at every level. Right. But you, you've got a culture of fear at that point where Mm -hmm. that's where that corruption tends to breed on itself or feed on itself and get worse and worse and worse. Because if someone reports the corruption, nothing's done to the person who did the wrong act. It's done to the Mm -hmm. whistleblower and the message is, hey, you can't do this anymore because if I report on Greg for taking a bribe, Mm -hmm. they can do anything to him. They're going to fire me or they're going to make my life miserable.
1: Yeah, there's a weird culture um, where loyalty – to something wrong or criminal is more important than honesty and even solving the problems. I mean, companies and government organizations will go to great lengths to get rid of the whistleblower, than fix the problem when fixing the problem would be easier. Uh, I learned that we did uh, some work with the Veterans Administration. and I had somebody that actually worked in the Veterans Administration who was also a whistleblower, but was protected enough within the Veterans VA that they actually be a whistleblower. And we, we wrote a bill uh, it's it's com where we put all our stuff. It's in the all proposed laws. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, and, in fact, we spent a long time writing this. We actually corrected the whistleblower law, so it actually protected whistleblowers. And, of course, it's never gone anywhere in Congress, even though it's, at the, it's been at the VA committee. It's been at oversight. It's been at uh, different different places where you would expect these people act on it. Um, another one, and this is something I, I've started to talk about, um, Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, the big COVID guy in the Senate has had a couple of different hearings. Well, I know that he's had our bill on vaccine product liability for over two years, and he's never submitted. He's never acted on it. Sure. You know, so how, you can, so how can you be the COVID guy? That? What's that?
5: Have you checked who he gets his money from?
1: Uh, no, I haven't, but I, I, I guarantee so you it's a Yeah,
2: right. well, I'm there sure. Every, well, That's I mean, that. I don't ha-
1: you know, that, I can assume that. Otherwise, he would have done it. But that goes for, where's right. Rand Paul? You know, you know, no, he doesn't talk about stuff because works works for Gilead, who made Remdesivir. I mean, he's part of the problem. I agree. So put that on
5: a put that let's let's put it on a law enforcement level.
1: Right? Okay. If if you have a double
5: standard and you have an image problem and you don't want to be the one who presides over the problem because you allowed it to happen, you mm-hmm. can't enforce that. That's why they don't correct the problem. It's okay. You did something bad, but I know I've done something bad in my past. We've had other people do things that were bad. And we cover mm-hmm. for him. So we can't make an example of you because you'll bring all that to light. So I lose my status, I lose the, the image right. of the department, I lose my image as mm-hmm. the chief. Yeah. Right? Or as a city manager. So I can't act. Right? And you add that double standard in because you're compromised, you can't have a system that works. I was talking to a friend mine yeah, like today, this this is this is a broken windows problem. You know the broken windows theory that Giuliani yeah, did back for people
1: Yeah, tell people what it is so people know.
5: Basically is, if you see a broken one in your neighborhood, if you fix the window, the neighborhood stays intact. If you don't fix the the window, pretty soon there's another window that's busted. Then the house becomes vacant, and then the transients move in, then the dope dealer moves in, and now your entire neighborhood is infected because you failed to fix the small problem. Right. So if you fix the small things, the big things take care of themselves. That's that slippery slope within an institution and especially Mm -hmm. in law enforcement. They allow Mm -hmm. little things to happen. It builds a culture. The people within that culture promote, so now they're part of it. And as those things get worse and worse and worse, that's the problem. Uh, Rampart's a good example. Uh, When they had the Rampart scandal back in L.A. with all the the drugs and basically a police gang taking over the city and doing all kinds of horrific things to their citizens, there were supervisors involved in all of that Mm -hmm. at every level, but they turned a blind eye because they were, within the system, they were within the system. Transfer that to the FBI right now, or the mm-hmm. federal huh? government, to
0: right.
5: Across the board, Congress.
0: Right? Has and it gotten worse,
5: or are we just... I think it's getting worse, or are always been bad. Yeah. Well, it's gotten worse because we're back to that progression. If you start okay. off stealing a packet gun, gum, but you will allow that to go to... Now we're investigating our political opponents because it it's, didn't happen overnight. It happened over time. Right. And that's the same thing with any institution. And law enforcement is a good example. You've got law enforcement. LA, uh, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department is a good example of that. You know, they have a gang problem within the department.
1: Well, explain that. So there's,
5: there's, there's <laughs> there's what, what do you mean a gang problem
1: within – what was that? The,
5: the, the deputies who are employed as deputies for the sheriff's department are gang members and they've created gang subsets within the police department.
1: Oh, that's, that's interesting. Right? No, no, right. but uh, now I'm curious. So how how would that work? So these are people that is almost double agents, right? So they they, they have a, a gang loyalty and they have a police loyalty. Well, so-called for each one. How, how does somebody do that? And what, what is the effect on the police department or the gang? Some,
5: some of it's not even an outside gang. It's a gang they created within the department. So oh. it's a group of guys that say, we're going to take the streets. We're going to do whatever's necessary. Uh, they call it, it's a form of good cause corruption, which means, you know, the ends good. justify the
1: means. Wait a minute, good cause corruption? Yeah, explain yeah.
5: that. So the ends justify the means. I know this guy's dirty. He doesn't have any dope on him today. But if I put a rock in his pocket, I can take him. So it's the greater good. I get him off the street, well, but it's that little bit know. of corruption. <laughs> right. But but yeah. I put something on him to make that commission stick.
1: Right. Right. And uh, I think the term planting problem. evidence comes to mind. Is that what you're talking about?
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's a form okay. of that. Right? It's a right. form of that. But they use the term good cause corruption because it's you, their belief is, yeah, it's corrupt, but it's for a good cause. So the ends justify the means. The noble lie.
1: It's, it's the same crap. Well, we knew yeah. it was a lie, but, but, it, but it saved more people. In other words, the, the COVID thing. Well, we knew we didn't really need all those restrictions, but it was a good idea because, you know, people – and, of course, it's not. You, you don't have the right to make the noble – there is no such thing as a noble lie. It's a lie. There is no such sure. thing as a good cause corruption. It's corruption. Agreed. Great. Do you know about – But the, now yeah. you look
5: at it – look at it in terms of, like, the domestic violence restraining order we talked about previously. Right. Now you're going to take that person's gun rights away. Why? Mm-hmm. For good cause. It's good cause corruption.
1: Or public interest. Right. You know, the, we, we know we can't do mandates, but uh, we're going to do it in the public interest because we'll all be safer if everybody stays home. Well, then they, they can't make that decision. And as it turns out, you're not safer home. You actually were safer out in the sunshine, <laughs> you, know, you know, driving the fresh air. Uh, so not only were they uh, doing something that was illegal, they were wrong. You know, and this, yeah, the, the COVID is probably the perfect – COVID is such a metaphor for all this corruption and all these horrible things that are going on because early treatments worked, um, you know, the government was, uh, the government policy killed a lot of people. I have, I have friends that have entire Facebook groups with other friends. I mean, this is a big movement it's building, is all the people who lost uh, family members. Uh, Scott Sherrod is probably one of the most visible examples. He lost his daughter, Grace. Her, that, the billboard they have, that's another slide on my, on my, uh, on my show every single day. You know, and she's, she's the metaphor for, uh, not the metaphor, but she's the, the example of a a kid who was uh, Down syndrome. And there's another one. uh, My friend Rebecca had lost her daughter. So they they killed the Down syndrome kids because they could. And they made money off each one. And yet they're saying, well, this is just in the public interest. You know, we we can't let this misinformation out there that early treatments, you know, because they don't work. Well, of course, they do work. They did work. They were lying. And so this gets very twisted. It's very Orwellian. Yeah, go ahead.
5: No, I agree. And I think if if nothing else, the China virus did one thing, which was clarify the situation for a lot of people. Yeah. They understand, (laughs) one, who's on the right side, who's on the wrong side, and what's Mm -hmm. really happening in our world. It forced people to slow down, stop a second, and take a real hard look at what's going on
1: but we already knew that. Maybe because I've always been suspected. I've always been investigating this stuff ever since I was a kid. You know, like I said, I grew up in a family where I couldn't trust my parents, and so being being suspicious of adults in general at a very early age, like five. <laughs> you know, I grew up not assuming that the government acted in my interest because the government was just like a big parent to me. You know, uh, and and all these different the, the, the teachers, same thing. I, I didn't trust them either, except the ones I, I finally figured I could. But they, they had to be proved that they could tr- that They could be trustworthy before I would. So I grew up incredibly skeptical, but that's just, I was unique in that, in that. And I think any kid that grows up in that kind of an environment is going to be naturally skeptical. So when it comes to being skeptical of the government, that's, that is our natural. So whereas people are naturally trusting the government, I'm naturally skeptical. And that's part of why I do this show. You know, but we, yeah, uh, you know. You're
5: the exception of the rule. And that's the thing. Most people aren't. Most, yeah, people are, most people are sheep. I mean, let's be honest you're going to follow whatever's easiest and whatever leads them to the most desirable outcome for them at the time.
1: Yeah. And we skeptical view, we can't see that. We don't understand that at all. You know, I uh, when when let me give you a sequence of events. I don't know if you've ever heard that I'll send you the show. Um, you should listen to the second hour of our show March 2nd, 2020, where we talked about this being a flu bug, where we talked about it being curable, where we talked about COVID is is probably a bioweapon. This is March 2nd of 2020. This is before all this stuff became public. We already knew. We had figured it out in about three hours. You know, I had uh, Bill Gertz, uh, my, my dear friend, Dr. Peter Pride, And I've told this story a bunch of times. Dr. Peter Pride, national security expert. He did our national security report maybe four years. Died of a COVID shot. Six months after he got it, his cancer came back and he was gone. A year ago, August. Deeply regret uh, that. And I told him, I said, Peter, don't get this shot. Please don't get this shot. Oh, I have to. I got to travel. I got to. No, Peter, don't do it. He was gone. Still got all the shows, by the way. Anyway, he brought on Bill Gertz. And he brought us amazing guests, Tom McInerney. You know the general that, that, that proved the election fraud right after the election of 2020? He was on the show. That was Peter Pry. Mm-hmm. Peter got us um, Bill Gertz, who was the Washington correspondent uh, for uh, the National Security Correspondent, Washington Times. Huge guest. So Bill Gertz is on February 25th. He actually had a cold. We, I think he had COVID then. So, so he's on February 25th. February 26th, I started thinking about this. I said, oh, wait a minute. So, so, I, put a, so I, I put three words into a search engine. What Kills Viruses. That was it. Because nobody was talking about killing. Everybody was talking vaccines because Dr. Fascist had already started his stuff, right? And this is why I use ridicule all the time. So Dr. Fascist, the genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, uh, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. That's his title. And I use that for a reason because it's effective. But he was talking vaccines. I'm like, Why do we need a vaccine? So I looked at what killed viruses. And I, got, and I started doing shows on what kills viruses. Well, a couple of days, the next day, February 27th, we, I wrote a bill saying that Congress could only spend half their money on vaccines. The other half had to be spent on early treatments. Never went anywhere. Gates had it. My own Congress, Matt Gates, never even called me back on it. But that, was, that, would, that would have solved the problem, right? The next one, March 2nd, we broadcast a show where we talk about all the things I just told you. And I'll send you the show. That, and, of course, <laughs> guess what happened March 3rd? Censorship, like you wouldn't believe. You know, we used to get thousands. We used to do views back in those days, and we give, and I, and I had the uh, and I had a Facebook page. You know, the action. You know, Action Radio with Greg Pangloss. So we had our own Facebook page just for the show. 12,000 views per show. Guess what it was by March third. No. One hundred five. <laughs> we went ten thousand <laughs> views within like a day to five views. And those are the people that knew me well because they looked for it. That's how bad it is. That's how bad. So when you talk about articles being scrubbed, I've got them. When you talk about charts being scrubbed, I know about that. I've, I've, I've kept them. You know, so all this different stuff we have, and of course I've got my brain, which still works quite well, fortunately. Knock on some wood here. That's such a debate. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But the point is that... Uh, the information is there. And all you have to do is that and people aren't even asking the right questions. So, so the question was, what kills viruses? Well, I found out that viruses can kill viruses. Drugs can kill viruses. Combinations of viruses and drugs can kill. Viruses, uh, drugs can act like a laser gun sight, you know, targeting system that makes it easier for viruses to kill other viruses. It's fascinating. So I, so I became, you know, sort of like an amateur virologist in about three hours. And I was reading all this, and I started reporting on these. I still got those articles. It's fascinating. But, I knew, but what I learned in three hours that we didn't need a vaccine this thing was going to go away for most people that uh, for those that didn't, early treatments worked and we basically solved the whole problem in about three hours.
5: And that information and, and, was available but nobody paid yeah, attention to it. And, and, then, we did. and then they scrubbed it. <laughs> right, but then they scrubbed it. Your friend's a good example and, it, and it's unfortunate that it happened but it's a, that was common and it's still common and that's why I say people are sheep for the most part. Right. Most people are unwilling to go through a, a little bit of discomfort even for their own good. So That's the travel thing is a good example. I have to have a shot because I have to travel. Well, if you don't truly have to travel, you want to travel for the most part. Right. Especially right. in that day because we, everything was over the computers, over Zoom. You could Skype. You could do all kinds of things. If you have meetings. Yeah. Everyone I probably made
1: that wrong. point at the time. I don't know for sure, but, but I'm they sure I made did it not want kind of to thing. go through Yeah, they right. didn't
5: want to go through any inconvenience of their life.
1: Hmm. So they
5: sacrificed their health, their well-being because it was just too inconvenient. I want to travel, so I'm going to do whatever I want to do to travel. Right. I want to do this because that's what I want to do. I'm perfectly happy and my family are perfectly happy where we are. I didn't need to travel anywhere because I could do it over a computer. Right. We had I enough didn't go anywhere. Locally. We <laughs> had enough to do locally that we could satisfy ourselves. But part of yeah. that's having some internal fortitude and part of that's being okay with who you are and comfortable in your own
1: skin. Well, Peter was a smart speak. guy. We you know, he, went against like the, he went against the grain in other things. I mean, he was, you know, he was the head of the Electromagnetic Pulse uh, you know, National Security Council. I mean, this guy was a smart man.
5: Yeah, But, but in this right.
1: particular area. Did know. he
5: have to travel or did he want to?
1: Oh, uh, well, I think it's always that he wanted to. I mean, Peter didn't have to right. do anything at this point in his life. He, he, I think he was right. 67 when he died last year. So he was, he was like mid-60s. Years right. old and that was my
5: point. So even, mm-hmm. even though he's intelligent, even though he knew better, he allowed that to override his sense of self-worth and common sense
2: mm-hmm.
5: because he wanted to do something. I want to do this.
2: And yeah, we, we told had a family them. that
0: was
5: like that. We're going to get a yeah. virus or a, a vaccine because we want to go to this state or we want to fly here. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they up getting sick, seriously sick behind it. Yeah. But I, I, We as a family don't understand that because we knew early on what was going on, similar to you, Mm -hmm. because we did our own research, we had common sense, and we have our own values. And this goes to society as a norm. You take values Hmm. out of society, what do you get? You get people that will follow whatever you want to do. right? That's the government's job to break that down. Yeah, but then we're going back to why do they do this to kids? right? Why? Because it controls them. It allows the government to be the parent. Uh, CCP is a great example of that. Right, CCP. They encourage uh, androgyny to decrease entra- attraction and to destroy the family unit to make the government all important. Mm-hmm. What's ha- What's happening here? You got that? You got that whole movement, right?
1: It's a, it's yeah, the androgyny is interesting. Uh, I mean, we joke around about conservative women being more attractive. Than liberal women simply because the liberal women are trying to – they're like the liberal guys the sort of the, they're the kind of meeting in the middle some kind of weird androgyny you know boy george comes to mind um but uh, conservative women are like totally hot and uh there's a reason for that cuz they're women <laughs> they want to be women and there's a and and, and you look at uh, southern guys you know damn I got a big up truck I got a rifle in the back I got my guitar music I'm listening to my southern stuff it's great here and I'm proud I'm a regular guy you know see regular guys down here this is why I love living in the south right you're probably the same thing up yeah. in Montana. You know, you've, you've got, got real men and real women. Male. Yeah, you've got again? the metrosexual male
5: on the flip side. you got the metrosexual male on the flip side. Okay. Who's wearing the skinny jeans, and he's not a real man because he yeah. wants to be half man, half woman.
1: Oh, idiots. Well, we need to, we need to save our, our, our young men. We need, like, men's camp. We <laughs> need these guys little, to, you know, boot camp. You know, some kind of variation no, I agree. on that. And, yeah. and
5: that's, that's back to the system. That's why you're putting these kids on medication. That's why you're, you're, you're putting them on all these antidepressants and anti-anxiety and all these. Uh,
1: yeah, but they're kind yeah, no, I, like I the cause of
5: depression. No, I agree. But that's, they don't care. Yeah. You would rather right. have, they would rather have a depressed male in a school than have one who's an alpha male or just mm-hmm. a male in general who acts like we're talking about toxic masculinity. How many times have the kids been told it's toxic to be a man?
1: Yes, yeah, see, I, you know it's like the whole ADHD thing. So I went to school in the '60s, and uh, I was in college, you know, in the late '70s. You know, so I missed a lot of this stuff. But I guarantee you, they would have drugged the hell out of me. Uh, had, uh, but I, would, I probably would have objected because, you know, like I say, a lot of things. You know, I didn't trust parents, didn't trust doctors, didn't trust a whole lot of anything. Especially when I saw my doctor smoking in Australia. That was a weird thing. I said, "Why are you smoking? This uh, you're making me cough. This can't be good for you, right?" You know, I was wearing seatbelts before my parents. I was wearing seatbelts at five because it made sense. So I actually, I've always taken care of myself. I've always been very careful, even though I've done, you know, some pretty crazy things. But it's always been, I mean, I sold an airplane at 16. But to me, that was was a calculated risk. And I knew exactly what I was doing. At least I thought I did. Uh, And it was fine. So I don't mind risk. But I also think of of all the the, the contingencies therein. You know, so you can do that. You're the exception. Yeah, I know. You're the
5: exception. Look at kids. Look at playgrounds today. They've okay. taken nearly everything out of a playground because there's too much risk involved. They don't want anybody to get hurt. No monkey bars, no jungle gym, no none of it, right? It's an open field with a ball if you're lucky. And then you can't uh-huh. play ball too hard. You can't play dodgeball. They've taken all that physicality. They've taken all the risk out of their lives.
0: Uh-huh. And you
5: wonder why they can't function in society.
1: That I I a risk. Risk
5: because they can't They can't deal with any risk. They can't even so I don't, someone, you someone know, telling them they're, they're a man, let alone, you know, not using the proper pronoun. It sets them off. It triggers them.
1: This is such a strange world for me uh, because, a good get Pianchi in here too, you might want to join this, because this whole idea of, uh, of risk averse, I'm, I'm just the opposite. I look for risk. Now, I don't do stupid things. I don't do crazy things, but I'll, you know, I'll take you know, really long bike rides you know, uh, just for fun, just to see where I end up. Uh, I purposely get lost just to see where, where I'll go. Uh, like I say, I was flying around New England by myself at 16, my folks wouldn't let me drive, so I had to bike ride to the airport and then I'd hop in an airplane and go fly, you know, interstate. <laughs> I had a weird existence growing up. But because of that I didn't mind challenges. My first night flight was done and uh, I've told this story in the air, um, by because I got back a little bit late from my, my long cross country. I'm coming back into, you know, Bedford airport, Hanscom Field at night. Why you know, uh, I was uh, if I did it voluntarily it would have been breaking the rules. But because it happened by accident I was flying home and I was coming back to my home airport, it's like okay, it's nighttime. Now what? I didn't know I was supposed to fly at night. It just happened to be getting dark, so I, I handled the situation. But, I mean, but that's what you do. And I, I think that flight instruction is such a great way, or fly, flying from our airplanes, you want to build your confidence about everything, go fly by yourself. You're it. It's you and God. You have to handle it. And it's, it's almost like we, people avoid any situation where they have to take responsibility, or they have a challenge, or the risk might not go exactly as planned. You know, around here, boating is big. I mean, how many people get caught, you know, running out of gas in the middle of, uh, you know, the Gulf of Mexico? What are they going to do? Well, you got to get resourceful. Think of something. So, you know, string so your it's, shirts together and so make a signal flag. You know, I mean, that's what I'd be doing. Your your
5: flight instruction is the same thing as working a one-man car with a cop at night. You're okay. It. You're your own backup until you get there. Right. If something happens, you're the first responder because that's your job. And you're it until you can get backup if there's backup available. So men used to think. My job or my wife's job as a parent isn't to give our kids all the answers and expect them to know them. Mm -hmm. It's to teach our kids how to think and find the answers and think through the problem and explore those options and open up their field of vision. That's Mm -hmm. what we're missing in school. That's what we're missing in society. They're not teaching anyone to think. They're teaching them to put a phone in your hand and say, oh, you know, Google, what's the answer to this question? Or how do I do this? Instead of figuring it out. And that's a generational problem. Back in our day, we didn't have a computer. If we right. needed an instruction, we had to go to the library, if we were lucky to have a library that had the book we needed. Right? Or we had to ask someone to show us how to do it, who was you know, generally speaking an instructor who had that experience, who would teach you. It wasn't at the tip of your, fingertip, at your fingertips, and it wasn't you have to have all the answers. Just regurgitate them. That's how you get men back. That's how you get men back.
1: Well, I think school is geared much more for women now anyway from what I've heard. Uh, it's like the colleges have more women. Uh, the education system is very passive, very non noncompetitive. Uh, it suits girl students better. You know, I, I don't know what's happened to the guys. Uh, I, uh, I've i worked some jobs, you know, where I've had uh, part-time, you know, keep the show going, uh, where I interact with a lot of younger folks. And it's fascinating to see the attitudes, but uh, the guys are generally more sluggish. They're not as intelligent. They're not as quick-witted. They're not as, you know, they don't have the same personality. They're just, they're just people, but there's fewer of them that are, are that have any initiative. It's really scary.
0: Right.
5: This country was built by, like it or not, built by men.
1: It was built by men. Let's let's be blunt. And
5: that's the way it is. But the reason it was is because that's what they did. That's because they were yeah. men. They were problem solvers, mm-hmm. and they were workers. and They weren't afraid to get their hands dirty.
1: Now you have. An and you can't be afraid to make a mistake. Not... You, know, you can't be afraid to make a mistake, and you can't be afraid to be wrong. You can't be afraid to to quote fail. You know, if that had been action radio, never would have got off the ground. If my first. You know three hundred and fifty nine you know applications uh, if I'd said, "You know what, I'm just going to stop applying, but it's somewhere up around four hundred that I found the station that hired me. what if I stopped at three hundred ninety nine and just not done that four hundredth one? There'd be no action radio right
5: yeah, so I think mean, historically that's every inventor, right
1: pretty much yeah
5: that's every that's everything we've ever had. In society, the, the first yeah. person who invented the wheel didn't invent the wheel on a one-off.
1: No. You know? No. Do you remember the guy that used to play cops all the time? Uh, it was on uh, NYPD Blue, uh, Sipowitz. Who was the guy that played Sipowitz? Uh,
5: France, right? France.
1: France. France. That's his last name? Yeah. Franz, yeah, him. Yeah. I remember what, reading an interview by him. He played a cop 28 times in movies and TV shows, and it never went anywhere. The 29th time, he got the part frame YPD Blue. Now, I always remember that. Right. You don't know. You know, people like, why are you doing action radio? It's, you, know, you, you know, you've never got a bill passed. You've never, you know. I so say, you have no idea the potential of this. I'm looking ahead 10, 10, 20 years from now when we've got multi-million listeners, when we're teaching the world. How to how to affect the laws in their own country where we even, you know, in the Sharia law situation, we're able to you know, I don't know how that's going to work, but I got to learn the parliamentary systems. I've got to learn the monarchies. I've got to learn how to how to uh, we've got listeners in Vietnam and Cuba uh, and, and Russia and China. We've got, uh, you know, we've got the well, Russia's not communist per se, that we've got, we've got communist listeners. We've got Venezuela. How can can we help these people, you know, get their freedom back? I mean, this is is where I'm looking. I'm looking at a yearly convention. We're doing our first one January 7th, right, at the Ambigine Theater. It holds about 300 people. But what if we're in the Bay Center that holds, you know, 3,000 people? What if I have to go to Orlando, you know, for some massive 30,000-person convention center? We don't know. Nobody knows. But to me, that's fun. So, So the difference is I don't know the future. But so many people are like, well, if you haven't been able to do it so far, you know, why are you doing it? As opposed to, I have no idea where this is going to go, but I'm going to keep doing it because I'm curious. And there's such a different attitude.
5: Yeah, it, it's okay to fail. It's not okay to quit. Yeah, agreed. And the, that's that risk aversion, though. You don't have that, whereas most people do. Where does that
0: They're come from? They're looking
5: for, well, I, I, don't, I don't know where it comes from, but most people look for a reason why it's going to fail or not work then look huh. for a reason why it will or how you can make it work. That's probably yeah, the difference see, in our generations, too. So we'll look at, look at yeah. historically. The guys who were building skyscrapers back in the day, mm-hmm. right, they were looking for a reason why they could do that. They weren't looking for a reason why they couldn't. Now
1: you know, you Columbus didn't say, hey, set out. Yeah, Columbus didn't right, sail the ocean, not expecting to land. <laughs> he expected to find like, land. So, yeah.
5: Sure. What do you think? Uh, you know, when you ask somebody, hey, what do you think about doing a podcast on video? and expanding our show out and that person Mm -hmm. says well you know it's going to be really a lot of work and it's oversaturated anyway and there's too many people on video and then you got to buy out the equipment
1: it's probably not worth it as opposed to (laughs) 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 the first thing i do is ask somebody else but now that that's not an acceptable answer (laughs) this is not acceptable right but i want to know how i don't want to know if yeah yeah that's the person looking for a reason to fail not a person
5: looking for a reason why you can make it work we have a society now of people Generationally, probably more than two generations that are always looking for a reason why they can't do it or they can't do it, instead of a reason why they can make it happen.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they need approval. And if it's not online, if someone hasn't uh, put it online, they can't. They can't add to it. They're not, they're not well, adding to the story. They're not. They're not contributing. Or they want, someone to, oh, that's they want yeah. someone to do it for them. They want someone to
5: do it for They want someone to set it up so they can just huh. sit down and do it. Right, which goes to your theory or your your premise of. You know, all these men don't have any motivation, mm-hmm. right? Why? Because they are expecting you to do the job for them, and they're expecting to sit, sit there and either have it handed to them or very little on the finished product. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that makes sense. Big it makes perfect sense. Big yeah. Right. Yeah. How yeah, much, yeah. How much
5: effort do you put into show prep?
1: I work sixteen hours a day, six, seven days a week. Right. <laughs> well, except I have sure. one day I have a part-time job, but six days a week I'm working sixteen hours a day.
5: Sure. And that's the point. So look at but it's any not successful entrepreneur. Yeah, but yeah, it's at not work me. look me. At, look at all these people <laughs> that yeah. have built these empires mm-hmm. that basically sacrificed and put the time in and made it happen regardless of what everybody else thought.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, That's I, why I, I, so I hope feel. to be in that number. I mean, I, I plan to be in that number. I plan, you know, I, I can see maybe 20 years from now watching a special on me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, or, or like a movie. You know, who's going to play me 20 years from now? It's going to be funny. I don't know. But I, I plan to be that because I'm at that point now. I'm, I'm, I'm the before section, so this is before whatever the breakthrough is that comes to us. And so, uh, you know, so do you remember the days before you were successful? Hell yeah, <laughs> there are plenty of them. That's okay. Right.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
5: that's that, that's the way it, that's the way it is right now. But that goes that's across sad. the board for every industry. It goes across the board for society. It goes across mm-hmm. countries now. And that's that globalist mentality. Yeah. And that's where we're we're digging a deeper hole every year.
1: This has been fascinating. Uh, I'm really glad that you've joined the show because you are a wealth of knowledge in so many different areas. Um, what I want to do, we've got Pianca in the line still. I want to take a break for a couple minutes and then have like a free-for-all in the news. We can, uh, There's a bunch of different things that happened this week uh, that maybe we can go over. Unless you have something. Do you have other topics that you wanted to cover or is it, or did we pretty much cover what you wanted to cover? Not-
5: I'm good. We can cover what you like.
1: All right. Let's do that. So it's now 920, 9.26 here. So I'm going to take a little break. I I'm, actually, actually, I wrote down here Serpico. We'll talk about that whole thing. That might be a whole interesting thing unto itself, talking about a whistleblower. Well, let me take a break right now. We can do that. We can do news. We can do anything. We can have uh, Xi Jinping and, you know, uh, Brandon taking instructions. <laughs> Get all, the other things, all the other things that happen it Quite be, uh, should be very interesting. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pengliss' Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engine. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen from the questions no one has thought to ask to the answers no one has thought to consider to the actions no one has dared to take that is action radio Dangerously cool. So I lost a friend this week, uh, the woman that came up with the expression dangerously cool for us. So I've been playing that a whole bunch, and we'll continue to play it. So uh, it's one of those things. It's funny how things are, So much of this show reminds me of people that uh, um, that, that we've lost. Uh, Eric Colley, my uh, my webmaster, who created writeyourlaws.com. By the way, the site still isn't finished. So if someone wants to help me out, we've, we still have a lot of work to do. But um, hospital ventilator. Uh, took his life, uh, Doctor Peter Pry, uh, killed by a COVID shot. Uh, now, I just my friend I just lost was uh, not a public figure, so I'm not mentioning names. Um, but uh, natural cause, it wasn't it wasn't a COVID thing. Um, but uh, it's just it, it's kind of crazy how this all works out. But yeah, the, the people that have added to this show in so many ways, uh, it's fascinating that uh, we come together here. No one knows where this is going to go. No, there's no guarantees, and yet here we are. You know, John's here. Pianchi's here. Uh, I have 14 reporters, 24 Facebook groups. Uh, I, I do all the productions here. Um, but uh, a lot of that is inspired by other people, other things. You know, it, it's, it, this is, what's happening here to me is unbelievable. But it's but is believable in that I see it happening. And so for anybody that wants to try something, don't wait. Do it because you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know how many people are going to gravitate to your idea. This started on a bike ride. You know, I'm riding in you know San Francisco Bay, I'm riding a bike. I'm watching the, the pelicans dive in, grab the herring, and it was it was a herring run. It was January, uh, 2014, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, the problem with uh, talk radio is all they do is talk. And I said, what they really need is action radio. I went, oh oh uh oh <laughs> I gotta work on that and you know that was 2014 and here we are almost uh, 10 years later and, and this is where we are so uh, yeah John Pianchi who's got a, who wants to dive in with a story or a comment or anything like that we can hit we can hit on Serpico hit on which now let's do Serpico so tell me about the Vielsa the, the Whistleblower he actually had a movie made about him Al Pacino Yeah. yeah tell me yeah. So
5: he was a cop back in the early seventies, uh, -hmm.
1: worked NYPD.
5: He eventually ended up becoming a undercover cop for working narcotics. Mm -hmm. And he basically uncovered widespread corruption within the department refused to take a bribe, refused to take the graft, uh, which made him a target. But then he also started reporting it. And through that process, uh, People targeted him. He stopped getting back up. Uh, he was eventually led to a, well, he he was eventually shot in the face uh, during a drug deal. Wow. Uh, based while he was in undercover. Now, there's no report on it because they didn't investigate the background of the guy who shot him. But the mm-hmm. working theory is that the cops led him to that location uh, to, to get him
1: murdered. He just didn't Right, die. tipped off the – they set him up. In other words, they, they tipped off the criminals. Right. And there was going to be no – they must have promised the criminals that there would be no repercussions for killing him. Uh, this, would be, yeah. this would be just uh, – this is just business. <laughs> Whatever yeah. the hour they characterize it, yeah. Right. Yeah.
5: Uh, and the reason this gal came to light was because he ended up getting a front-page news article in the in New York Times at the time, and he alleged all this corruption. So it made the public. And that's wait why a minute, became, Wait a minute, the
1: New York Times uh, published at something the time, good? yes. Wow. Yeah.
5: Exactly. Shocking what year was right. this? What year? Uh, it was early seventies. So so no, that was we're
1: talking Watergate time, when the, when the Washington Post actually did real journalism with Woodward and Bernstein, and reported on the corruption in the Nixon administration.
5: Sure.
1: Yeah, those are good days. And that's
5: what led. That's what led to the NAP Commission.
1: <laughs> NAP. That led to the NAP Commission. Who's NAP? Yeah, K N A P P. Yeah, who's it was NAP. a
5: five-man commission. Uh, I think it was congressional, where they they investigated the New York Police Department for corruption. Um, and then what happened there is they uncovered a lot of corruption. Uh, they did hand down some indictments behind it. Uh, mm-hmm. But what they, one of the things that came out of that, which was interesting, was they, they classified the levels of corruption between grass eaters and meat eaters.
1: Is that what they called them? They actually used those terms? Yeah,
5: yeah they used those terms. So the grass eaters were just the uh, petty crimes, graft, uh, gratuities based on peer pressure. Right, So it was, you know, everybody's doing it. You've got to take this from this guy because everybody's doing it. We can't trust you unless you do type
1: of thing. Oh, so it's like a loyalty test. You
5: know, Absolutely. you're one
1: of us. So it's like, uh, I remember that in, in the firm where they had that video where they of they Tom Cruise, you know, with the, the Mexican babe. And there's like the insurance policy. Well, they, they all did it or they all took corruption or they all – yeah, you've got to – it's like a mafia kind of thing, right? Even though it's a police agency, you have to prove that you're loyal to us by committing a crime, even though the purpose of the police is to prevent crime, right? That's sure. fascinating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I get uh, it. You ever
5: seen the movie Training Day?
1: Try anything? You that movie? No, wow. Training Day. Oh, Training Day. Uh, I never understood yeah. that movie. I couldn't figure out whether what they were trying to accomplish, whether it was pro or anti. It looked anti-police, but then it, you know, it, I didn't. I never understood. Tell me about that film because that's very confusing. Well, that was basically the Rampart
5: scandal for LAPD, but one of the scenes in that movie was where he had him uh, smoke that joint and then snort the Coke as a loyalty test. Oh.
1: So a cop can't do that because that's committing a crime. Right. right.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's totally off limits. But he had him do it in the car with him to make sure he was on the team. He was on board. Right. Did
1: Denzel Washington do it also to prove that he was the boss or something, or, or did he not?
5: I don't recall that he may have. I don't remember. Huh. Uh, but that 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 would be the grass eater, right? As opposed to the meat eater, who were basically predators. They were aggressively huh. out there looking for opportunities to exploit, mainly financial. So those were the okay. guys that were going out and ripping off the drug dealers. Those are the guys that are going out stealing we're the dope and stealing the
1: All, right, all right. Uh, Let's think about that for a second. So we got cops that know who the drug dealers are and their relationship is a predator prey relationship, even though the criminals themselves are predators of, you know, citizen prey who are they selling the drugs to corruption and all that's going on. But the cops are probably even managing the criminals, aren't they? Or they're stealing from them? They're allowing them are they dividing territories? I mean, how, what was the relationship of the criminals to the, the drug dealers? I mean, the police yeah, are the drug so Well, eaters. I misspoke. Yeah, the, mean the police are the drug dealers. Yeah, okay.
5: Yeah, so the mediators were preying on the prey. Oh. Right? That's what they were doing. So they would say, okay, look, I've identified this person as a high-level drug dealer. I know I have information that they're going to receive 30 kilos of Coke and have $500,000 in cash on this day. We're going to raid that person. We're probably going to either execute him or put him in a compromising position. We're going to uh-huh. steal the money. We're going to steal the dope, and no one's going to know about it.
1: What do you mean, execute them? The police were killing people. Oh yeah. Okay, I, this is this is news. Okay, so now now we're now we're. Now, I heard most of the other stuff before, but now we're in uncharted territory. So the police were actually killing drug dealers to what further their personal business and investments or what? Yeah,
5: there were. I, that's my understanding is that there were some deaths involved, uh, but huh. they were they were justified under. This was a good shoot because this person had a gun. This person did whatever to pose a deadly threat to me, so I had to execute him, or I had to kill him, in my own self-defense.
1: Even though the real reason was because they were territorial violations, or they were going against the program, kind of thing. That's fascinating. Sure, sure. Huh?
5: So that's okay. that's the gang within the police department we were talking about earlier. Right. That gang will get together. They'll do criminal activity, under their quote-unquote good cause corruption for for you know whatever they're telling themselves in their head.
1: <laughs> this is like that is Clint the Eastwood film. Remember the Clint Eastwood one, one of the Dirty Harry films with uh, Hal Holbrook, where they had the Vigilante Squad? Yeah, David Soul yeah. and uh, that other guy who was a uh, Star Trek. Or was it, uh, oh, uh, the, the uh, I was at, oh, Uri. Magnum Force. Yeah, Magna Force. That's the one, right? So you had a Vigilante Squad within the cops. But they said, well, we're doing good. We're just executing people that, uh, that should die anyway. It was fascinating logic. <laughs> You there? I missed the last part. No, okay. Yeah, your line kind of your line buzzes occasionally. I so it's like a really sharp staticky thing. Uh, oh, anyway, sorry. so 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 the logic was that this vigilante squad under Hal Holbrook was a was a, an execution squad within the police department. But they were like, well, we're we're just killing people that need to die anyway. So we're we're doing good. It's okay. Yeah. We don't need a trial. We're just waste, it's just waste of taxpayers' money. These people they're going to be found guilty anyway. If this were a just system, they'd be found guilty. We're just expediting. Good cost corruption. There. Good cause corruption.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. Right. You, you use the words, we're
5: doing this for a good cause. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what happened. And, and look at in terms, that's what's happening today, really. And you look at the the corruption that's going on in our federal government huh. as we talk, how they're, they're doing bad things, taking money, doing things that they shouldn't be doing under the guise of, well, it's for the greater good because we can't have Trump get in office we can't have this happen. Right. We can't have this exposed, right? Look at, um, even if you use uh, the cocaine founded by the Secret Service in the White House,
0: mm-hmm.
5: right? Someone had to not do something for that not to be identified. There's no chance they don't know who did that.
1: Zero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, someone, they're going to uh, give it yeah. back to Hunter sometime when it when it blows over, so to speak.
5: Sure, but it might not be financial, but it might be that promotion.
1: What right. do you mean? Someone would, would get a promotion or miss a so promotion? Look
5: at, uh, yeah, so Comey, right? Now you're head of the FBI. Why? Because you are right. your mouth shut. right? Or uh-huh. you're the whistleblower and you don't get promoted to chief at the police department because right. you did the right thing as a captain, but now they skip you over because you've, you have exposed institutional uh, corruption.
1: Oh, I got an example of this. Um, Colonel Doug McGregor, who's been on the show a couple of times, Perfect example. He'd be a general by now under normal circumstances. Probably a two-star general. General yeah. Flint. Yeah. Look at Flint.
5: They destroyed mm-hmm. that man financially. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he did the right thing.
1: So let's forecast in the future. A bit. You, know, I, I, you know, you know, you can take my fortune you're not going to get much. So I'm not in a position where that, that would really affect me. But it might, you know, one day, like I say, I'll have my jet. You know, and I think, OK, so, uh, you know, I mean, who knows what they'll confiscate or, or come up with a reason for. Uh, but that's what they do. So 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 someone like me comes along, writes a constitutional amendment, taking away the power of Congress to borrow money. I mean, that's sure. huge. right? Sure. So it's a very simple. Bill. It's four sentences long. Anybody can understand it. But not only does it take away the power of Congress to borrow money, it takes away the ability of government to own securities to print money to cover expenses, and it, it takes away the power of government to charter a central bank, which overturns the Federal Reserve Act. And this is all in one bill. Now what happens? Most people don't realize the impact of that bill. You do, I do, and, if, and if the folks that listen to us know what we're talking about here. But we're talking about a fundamental change. We're talking about reversing all the money that's going to the Fed and, and the world government and and our own government, all these corrupt people through inflation. We're talking about reversing inflation. We're creating deflation. So all of a sudden, the money gains in value and everybody's savings are going to go up and all the prices are going to drop and everybody's going to get a whole lot more purchasing power. We're going to reverse this trend where everything is being stolen through inflation and we're going to cause deflation and stop the government from borrowing money if it goes through. Now, the states will have to do this because the federal government will never do this. But I'm figuring the states are going to have to ratify this first anyway. But that's what we're talking about—that kind of fundamental change. And I mean, I wrote it in you know, a couple hours <laughs> once I do some research. But uh, that's the easy part. Getting—I can't even get into the public eye yet. Even my own person, uh, Matt Gates, I presented it to him on paper, and his comment was, "Well, Greg never lets realism get in the way of a good idea." So at least he acknowledged it was a good idea. That's what he said in front of a rally. I know I mean, anybody who—I still got the video. Um, but that's what we're up against. So even the people yes. with the best intentions, Matt Gates, who's a good congressman, who who got rid of, you know, Kevin McDeep State, and rightly so, looks at a bill to ban Congress from borrowing money, knowing it's the right thing to do, and makes fun of me. So that's what we're up against.
5: But that's that lack of courage and conviction. And that's the problem. Yeah. You you have people that are in these offices that lack the courage and conviction of their office. hmm whether it's a good bill or a bad bill, or whether it's you know if, if it's a good bill or a good idea, at least present it. But he doesn't even have the courage to present it because it's going to affect him directly.
1: And, it's, yeah, and here's there, the problem: there's
5: too. repercussions and consequences for that. Right?
1: Yeah. but for so the same let's reason,
5: shorter term. use Epstein yeah. as an yeah. example, right? Epstein's dead. Epstein, right. mm-hmm. dude, didn't kill himself. But hey. He's gone because it's not a problem. Look at how many of the Clinton associates, associates have mysteriously died under or, uh, mysterious oh, circumstances. Oh, we've talked about that. Yeah, Seth
1: Rich and uh, some of the others. You want to bring up any right. of those? If you know more than the public knows, I mean, I'd love to go into some of those cases because they're quite but fascinating. that's, that's
5: that whistleblower, right? That's the right. whistleblower. That's yeah. the whistleblower for Serpico. He was right. the original whistleblower there, and they tried to get him executed, which would have looked fine on paper because they would have buried it fact that he lived is the only thing that made a difference because then he got the notoriety to be on the Times and that's what led to the investigation. That's what uncovered the corruption.
1: At but the, the Times time, had, though, had something in that too. The Times wasn't corrupted either because the Times published the article. They published the Pentagon papers. They published uh, the Serpico story. They did good work at one it, point.
5: Yeah, different time, different place. And it was right. safe at the time for them to do it. So that's, that's a whole separate issue. But
1: Why is it not safe now? What's not safe now? They can still do it.
5: They're invested. Right. They're, they're invested monetarily and they're invested for ideological reasons.
1: Invested in what? Yeah. The new woke leftist yeah. Marxist cabal? Yeah.
5: Okay. Absolutely. So we right. go back to the USSR and any communist country. Right. What did they do? They used the media, the press, uh, intellectuals and educators mm-hmm. to get their agenda across. What, yep. what those people don't realize is they still got killed. They were just the last oh, ones yeah. to get killed. Right. Yeah, they still killed. it's the killed. same cycle. It's the same yep. problem. Yep. You, you can't underestimate an ideology, especially a leftist ideology. There have been cases where the victim has misidentified the suspect because of their ideology. There was one in Europe where this woman was sexually assaulted by four men who were Muslims, and mm-hmm. she misidentified them on purpose because of her ideology.
1: Oh, yeah. Listen, I mean, ideology is incredibly powerful. I remember the case of the, uh, the woman, uh, young woman college student who died uh, in South Africa you know, because she wanted to help um, the black residents who hated white people at that point and uh, were killing white farmers. And she went down there. I know, was Peace Corps. Not only Peace Corps, but like some kind of volunteer thing. And her parents were like, well, she died for what she believed in. I said, you idiots. You lost your daughter. What's wrong with you? But ideology, she was killed by ideology. It's it happens all the time.
5: You can't discount that. And you, you know, the other big case was uh, there was a lady that was assaulted, and she purposely left out that the, the assailant was black because of her ideology.
1: And it was a horrific
5: crime. You can Imagine being so driven that you will take that kind of damage and become that kind mm-hmm. of a victim and still mm-hmm. be unable to bring yourself to do what's right. That's oh. what
1: we're up against. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I've seen I've seen some some pretty horrendous things. Yeah, people the things people will twist in their own mind, uh, so as not to appear. And we do just the opposite. I mean, I was proclaiming the other day that uh, you know, with white European British men, there'd be no freedom in the world. They're the ones who created it. Magna Carta, original writers. You know, Adam Smith, John Locke. You know, the philosophers. You know, the French from the French folks, Rousseau, Voltaire. That's where freedom came from, folks. It came from white guys in Europe you know and uh, i have no problem saying that because it's true you know but uh you start doing that on the radio people go crazy just out of out of curiosity did you ever hear my uh, i do, i made a new piece i do i do these satire pieces so we'll just have a little fun The last 10 minutes did you ever hear speaking of politically incorrect i'll t- <laughs> you ever hear my piece on the the, the action radio diversity workshop and i'm play that for you here i'm going to play a couple ones here I'm i'm in the mood to have some fun here so this is this is my answer to political correctness you know you can't do this you can't do that you can't say this you can't say that i got news for you I I actually do say it, so here we go. Hello there. At Action Radio, we have noticed that the Brandon Obama occupation coup has been replacing the entire federal government with black women, preferably lesbian black women, Kareem Abdul Jean-Pierre Skyhook being the most prominent example. This is hardly diversity, equity, or inclusion. It's exactly the opposite. We, however, at Action Radio are undeterred by this massive segregation. So to redress our grievance against the race regime, we have come up with our own program to achieve balance once again. We call it the Action Radio Diversity Workshop. With just a few minor changes from standard DEI lesson plans and curricula, everyone should be able to adapt to our course right away. So, here we go. All the instructors are white men. Black participants have to go in white face for the duration of the class. Outside-of-class exercises in whiteface will include applying for a job at the post office, making a civil rights claim, taking a scholastic exam, and finally being accused of white supremacy. Women, as an outside exercise, will have to apply for government contracts and college scholarships while identifying as a white man with a picture of a white guy on your application. All trans folks will have to trans back just to see what they gave up. LGBTQ folks for our lab assignment will be encouraged to have sex with someone of the opposite sex, and since there is only one opposite, this should make your choice easier. Class charges for black and Hispanic students will be $500 per student, most of which will be distributed back to the white and Asian students as reparations for affirmative action. Illegal aliens in the class will be identified in the citizenship check will have their assets seized and their illegal children born in the US will have their citizenship corrected back to that of their parents and then they can leave the country oh and their requirement to take this class will uh, then be waived this workshop will be taught in standard English all materials will be presented in English and your personal pronouns are I and me women will be referred to as she men as he and two or more people only as we, if you know them, and they, if you do not. Card-carrying members of the Democrat Party will be brought to the front of the class where they will be accused of racism for keeping black Americans on a plantation, extortion for creating wokeness, and will have to drink black rifle coffee, have a lunch from My Patriot Supply, and nap on my pillows. Shooting class in the afternoon will include all of the misnamed assault weapons, including the AR-15 and the AK-47, which you will call Freedom Rifles. And yes, this is a graduation requirement. All students will be required to recite these truths at the beginning of each hour. White lives matter. George Floyd was killed by a drug overdose. Affirmative action is racism. Diversity only exists with divergent opinions. There are only two sexes. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Marriage is not a right, it is a contract. Electric cars are terrible for the environment. We need carbon dioxide replacement in the atmosphere, so I want a V8 pickup truck. January 6th was a deep state coup. The 2020 election was stolen. American citizenship comes from an American parent not being born on U.S. dirt. Climate change is a hoax. Guns are essential to freedom. The COVID vaccine is not safe and effective. Government experts are morons. Government education is indoctrination. God is the source of your rights by birthright. And finally, we are all Americans. Except for the illegals. So as the final lesson of the Action Radio Diversity Workshop, people will go to our barbecue, where they will watch on the big viewing screens Charlton Heston biblical epics and John Wayne films. The Action Radio Diversity Workshop, your passport back to a sane, logical, and truly equal America, available every weekday at com slash action. So you want to teach that class, John?
5: <laughs> now, if you're going to offend somebody, you might as well offend everybody. I think I did. Uh, this is right. one of the
1: most comprehensive uh, uh, satire pieces I've ever done. I mean, I don't have to say everybody. Um, yeah. also, this one, I, I, what do you think? And then i got another one to play for you. I think you might like this one, too.
5: No, I think you're safe and on firm ground. Like I said, nobody can complain that they were the target because everybody was
1: the target. <laughs> Well, th- this one is actually a lo- sort of a law enforcement perspective one. This is about Chaz in Seattle. So th- I made this one. Uh, most of these I made during the lockdown. So most of these are from 2020. I only started making them again. Mm-hmm. But there was this period where I was bored. I was frustrated. Uh, and when I get mad, I get creative. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's kind of like. Uh, and so I made about four or five of them during the, the summer of 2020. And this is one of them. This is uh, when they talked about the Seattle, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. So uh, tell me what you think of this one. Ah, Seattle, time to visit again, or for the first time. No matter how many times, you'll never forget this visit to Seattle. Watching the sun set on the west coast, the guitarists on the street corners, people walking, hanging around the many cafes and art enclaves, just taking it all in. From Pike Place Market, to the first Starbucks, to the whales in Puget Sound, and views of Mount Rainier, there is nothing like Seattle. Now, you can watch the sunsets glistening off the broken glass in the streets, various styles of bottles used for Molotov cocktails, fashion statements made with creative body armor, the use of improvised weapons, the never-ending art forms painted on every building, particularly the man parts, and the beautiful sound of voices in unison, expressing their fondest wishes and desires for your life and property. So how can you visit this enchanted never-never land of the Northwest during their summer of love? Snowflake Tours has teamed up with the Seattle Board of Economic Development, Tourism, and Riot Promotion to extend the warmest of welcomes to our latest attraction, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, affectionately known as CHAZ, soon to be called CHOP, but we like CHAZ better. If you think Disneyland is a good time, it's nothing compared to CHAZ. CHAZ being an autonomous nation within the United States, protected by the Seattle Mayor and City Council, you can't just walk in like illegal aliens at our southern border. This is because there is a wall and guards openly carrying firearms in order to maintain the security of this new fledgling nation. So, there is a procedure to gain access. Snowflake Tours has made this an escorted tour. For your safety, and so you'll be surrounded by people who look like you, white people will have an Antifa tour guide direct from their mommy's basement. But don't worry, they can protect you because they are fully indoctrinated and trained with the latest techniques of mayhem and street combat. Black people will be escorted by a member of Black Lives Matter. Fresh from riots across the country and funded by Amazon and other mega corporations. with their training and experience, you couldn't be in better hands. And of course, they speak black. Take in the wonders of Chaz while you are there. You can warm yourself by the burning book piles, feel the camaraderie as you are swept up in a march or rally, get a brief audience with our warlord, but not for too long, and be sure to make an offering. A blank check signed is preferred. Don't worry about the police, there aren't any, which is fine because there aren't any laws either. Businesses and attractions may not be there when you get there, depending on the needs of the people. The unique feature of this tour is that rather than enjoy the things that are already there, on this tour, it's what you bring to the table that counts. Money, supplies, there is a whole provision list of things like food, water, batteries, jewelry, and other commodities of exchange to choose from in donation to keep Chaz a people's paradise. On this vacation, you show up with full suitcases and leave with empty ones. That's what makes this tour so special. Chaz, a new nation, a new concept, coming to a liberal city near you. I scare myself sometimes, so things I get away with. <laughs> well, that makes the national news. John. I think that
5: uh, when you do your podcast, you should make those videos.
1: Oh, I got the ninety second warning while you were talking. Am I doing my podcast? Yeah. I should do what now?
5: You should translate those to
1: videos. Well, um, you know, they're all done audio, so I just have the logo. In fact, you can go to my Action Radio channel. Uh, I have several channels. It's Action Radio Productions where I actually do my promotions and ads. So that's a, that's a that's a that's a straight you know regular channel. Uh, and then there is the action just the Action Radio channel where I do all my sarcastic you know satire stuff. Um, and then yeah. of course I have my regular channel. I'm doing guitar demos and the fourth right. one
5: what I'm saying is when you, when yeah. you transition over off the uh, how do we, off the how internet do we do radio into a podcast just record right.
1: like a movie like a promo okay that's a, that's a really good idea i like that All right. yeah. i can do that i will i won't do for those, it, right? the past ones uh, cuz a lot of these are dated you know by the times that, i mean the chaz one was really relevant in 2020 it's not relevant now cuz it's gone but uh, it's historically uh but i can i can make videos and just talk about things and have a little visuals. See the visual this is I mean that's Well, what do you what do you recommend? What, to, what should I be on Rumble? Should I, I can't do YouTube. They're, they're never going to allow it. But YouTube removed a couple of my sarcastic pieces which I put back and they haven't noticed yet. Um but um what's what, what what would you recommend in terms of making this a video show?
5: I'd start on Rumble. Okay. 100%. Can I have
1: yeah, thank- well, how would you participate then? Would, would you have to call in on a Zoom thing? Would I have to book you ahead of time? Would there be like a separate link for any, every show? Do you know how it works? Because those are the things I need to find out.
5: I think it would depend on whether you're going to be live or not. If you're just going to pre-record it and then post it. So if it's going to be a live show, then you probably have a little bit more a different logistic involved as opposed to I'm going to pre-record the show and then post it that morning or the next day. So it would be live at the time when you recorded it, obviously. And then you probably have better access to calling it in and setting your screens up to where you can access their video footage or their Zoom or their uh, Skype, however you want to plan that out, and then post oh. it all together. So, so you tried like two different different things. Yeah, if you went yeah. live, I think you I, there's a way to do it because I've seen you, you can watch those shows and there's guys doing it. Right, I, I think it requires a different uh, different uh, technique.
1: Yeah, and I really, this is why I stayed on Blog Talk this long is because I like the calling component. uh, I like the Skype component, but but I'm not getting Skype calls. you know, And I'm not getting a lot of calls because most people listen on podcasts. So so even though I do the show live, I don't edit it. I don't change anything. So if you're listening on a podcast, it's like listening live. It's just not live. But I haven't changed anything from the original show because I don't do that. I don't let mm-hmm. other people do it either. Um, so, but, right. so even if we did a podcast recording, of a, if, we, if the podcast was of a live show, that would be okay because we haven't changed anything. But I like the idea of people being able to call in. And that's, that's the, you know, especially if we go to video and we, you know, get many times the, the listeners and viewers that we have now, which I think is going to be the case. You know, cause I'm pretty animated visually, but I'll, I'll have to stop. You know, like getting food in the the show. <laughs> all the only other thing that you know, stuff. I'll have to change my shirt. You know, a couple times a week. <laughs> you know, all these different things yeah. I'll have to do. But uh, no, I think video uh, shave video know, would like, be the key. Yeah. Video would be the key,
5: and that'll increase okay. your viewership. And then from there, you can you can have people call in. You can have guests. You can do the whole nine yards. It's just a matter of figuring out the logistics of it. And yeah. there's there's platforms out there that'll pretty much make it easy for now. I think. Yeah, that's what just, just start you doing. set it up, you record it right off of it, and then you just post it when you're done. You know? mm-hmm. So it wouldn't change much for you probably in the sense that you, you would say, okay, look, you're going to call in same time. Let's say it's a Friday, I call in at 8 a.m. or 8 my time, 7 your time. Right. That would all just be pre-recorded. Then you would just post it at 11 a.m., like like they, uh, like they auto-generate your blog, blog talk now. Mm-hmm. Within that 40 minutes right after the show's over, you would just post it,
1: you know. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. yeah. I got to find a way to do, I just got to see, do you Zoom? You know, do we have separate screens? How do I do it? And I have it because uh, CJ, who does our wellness report on Thursdays, she has a, a, a Rumble podcast. And I just have a Zoom link. So I could probably just have everybody have a Zoom link for, or just put up the Zoom link for that day, for that show, you know, for the people right. I know are going to call in. Anybody else wants to call in, they can probably text me. Or, But I, I've got to find it. Or like, I think you can text the show too. I'm not, well, hopefully. It's like, yeah, I want to call in. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah, I think a um, lot of stuff's
5: available. You can run comments, you can run chats, you know, yeah. uh, and you can run right off, even if you just have your Facebook screen up and say, okay, make a comment on Facebook and you just read comments
1: from there. You know, you can do it that way so, as well. So I could post the show live on Facebook as I'm doing it and then people could yeah, comment can, directly yeah. there? Yeah, for sure. That is a uh, great idea.
5: Huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so some of those, like, you know, one of the uh, the guy in New Zealand did that mass shooting in New Zealand. He he live streamed that on
1: Facebook. How did he do that? Was he there? He must have been there.
5: Well, no, he he was the, the assailant. He had a, a like a GoPro. Oh, on the, the guy that it. did
1: it. Oh, I'm sorry, the perpetrator. Oh, I didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah. yeah, the back yeah. guy did it. Yeah, so he huh. live
5: streamed that whole thing.
1: Yeah, there was another one too, it wasn't the Buffalo, um, murder. Didn't they? They had like a GoPro camera. Some they they recorded that. Course, you know, only certain people ever saw it. But uh,
5: there was another one. I can't remember where it was. But yeah, there's another one. Um,
1: yeah. See, I used yeah, to not so mention the name of the right person. Yeah, you know, I used to mention the per- I used to not mention the person's name. I didn't want to give them any any recognition or things like that. We've done a little bit with uh, with this particular uh, murder and in, in the Nashville murder, but um, that's generally my practice is not mention the name just so. But everybody else is doing it anyway. It's kind of hard for me to be the only one doing it because there's no effect there. Better. Yeah, you do the right
5: thing. Hmm. But that's the way I see it. I, I don't mention their names either uh, as yeah. a general rule. I, I don't care what anybody else does, but you you still maintain your own. You no, I do. do. Right we, we
1: need to do more right. of that. Well, let me know about next yeah. Friday, too, because I may or may not have a show. I haven't decided. We'll talk to Candy, too, because okay. she's off this week. Probably mm-hmm. not. I'm just guessing, unless people want to call in for fun. Uh, it would be a fun show. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Thursday we're definitely going to be off. And we'll just yeah. – because uh, I don't have a lot of caller, We only have one caller on Thursday anyway. Uh, any words for the week? This has been fascinating. Thank you for all the extra time. I appreciate it. It's been, uh, been quite no, interesting. No, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah,
5: uh, I, I'm you know, pretty lucky to be able to do some Fridays anyway. So uh, next Friday is fine for me. Totally up to you. Okay. How am I doing it? Uh, I'll be okay. here. Uh, last word would be, hey, the, the thing about the truth is you're going to offend somebody. You might as well just tell
0: yeah.
1: it. yeah. Yeah, well, you see, you've heard what I do now. It's just the Action Radio uh, YouTube channel. And this where all my sarcastic – there's like 12 of them now. There's one I do. I do – remember the Joe Biden speech where it's all red in the background? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I recorded that, but I also recorded the Russian national anthem in the background. It's hysterical. hmm Oh, yeah. Right. Did you see the uh, – So you, so you get – the... What was that now? Sorry. No, speaking about red in the
5: background, did you see that image of the uh... – U.S. soldiers holding the Chinese flag. No. Oh, you yeah. Post that. Google
1: that. Yeah, post that. Yeah, yeah.
5: They, they forced that poor guy to hold the Chinese flag as they were walking past him.
1: To the American as an flag. American soldier. Yeah. Who forced? Well, Who the
5: forced?
1: military. Our military forced our own soldier to carry a Chinese flag.
5: Well, they ordered him to do it, so he did it. That,
1: that's the degree of force, right? You got to comply with the order. Well, if you yeah, although, but that's in the. Diverse, although I
5: would argue. I would argue it's not a lawful order, but
1: yeah, yeah, you know, I would argue that too. Yeah,
5: so yeah, he's he's holding the Chinese uh, national flag there instead of the U.S. ones. They're walking by. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's that's how bad the military is. Well, and now that they've signed this, it, well, if you want to look into that at all, because uh, some of it's um, they, they they've signed an AI agreement. They they've got you know more connections to their counterparts. What they're doing is setting up Trump. They're setting up the Trump administration mm-hmm. to fail because they're already connecting you know, whoever is going to be serving the Trump administration, in the military, directly to the Chinese military.
5: That's oh, yeah. What that looks they're, like yeah,
1: they're trying, yeah, they're trying to tie his hands. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's okay. he's going to fire all of them anyway. This time he knows. Last time he didn't know. He was really naive last time. So let's see. So it's kind of ironic that, uh, and I've said this before, too, on the show, that the, the four-year gap where Trump gets a chance to evaluate everything that went wrong the first time. He's, I think he's going to be much, much more ready than he would have been if he'd uh, been able to do second term as he was elected to do. He would not have had the prep. The still, those horrible people would still be there. The impeachments would still be there. This time he's had four years to fix all that stuff. I think it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. All right, sir. Thanks very much. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Oh, and plugs too. You got to get Women's Firearm Academy. Let's get some information. I keep forgetting to do that. <laughs>
5: Yeah, John Monica at the Women's Farm Academy. Happy to have the report. You can reach us at uh, www.womensfarmacademy.com or uh, give us a call, 406-318-7233. Thanks. Yeah.
1: You should post that on the uh, the Action Radio Gun page periodically, too. just so people. And I'll, okay. I'll, when you do that, I'll put it in the, the featured section so people can find it. No, Thanks, John. This has Thank been you. great. All right. Take care. Right. Take care. Bye. So this is up to a week. We didn't have Thursday. Uh, I forget what else we didn't have. I think was one other show this week. We've we've lost four shows due to um, Blog Talk technical difficulties. So I'm seriously looking at going video. And so anybody wants to get me on Facebook, make a comment. If you think it's a good idea, I think it's a good idea. I just have to figure out how. And so we're coming up on our five-year anniversary with Blog Talk uh, December 24th. So Christmas Eve, we started in 2018. So, yeah, this would be the fifth-year anniversary. Um, And so rather than start a sixth year, I'm thinking of going video. So let me know. Let me know what you think. Get me on Facebook. Uh, Greg Panglis, my name, you know, and uh, send me a message or send me something. Um, My public email, as everybody knows, is is greg at writeyourlaws.com. It's all in the contact information, which we played at 927. So that would be, uh, I don't know two hours and 27 minutes into the show. Now we're over time anyway, but that's okay. All right, I'm going to play a couple more things, and I'll be back uh, Monday at uh, 7 a.m. Central Time, where we will do it all again. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Great Care. Better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. It's morning and you are a proud black man. You go to the mirror. You were reminded of Governor Northrop of Virginia and Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada, both of whom appeared in Blackface. And there you are, you've just put on your shaving cream. And what do you see? Whiteface! It's bad enough that leftist aspiring dictators are choosing to go in blackface, but you, proud black men, have no choice but to appear in Whiteface every morning you shave. Now, direct from Pianchi Laboratories comes a great new product made especially for you, Proud Black Men. Pianchi's Picture-Perfect Face-Saving Shaving Cream. Yes, Pianchi's Picture-Perfect Face-Saving Shaving Cream will give you your black face back during your morning shave. For Pianchi's Picture-Perfect Face-Saving Shaving Cream, it's the first ever black shaving cream. Pianchi's Picture-Perfect Face-Saving Shaving Cream comes in three shades, dark, darker, and darkest. So now, proud black man, you have a choice. You can stay in white face every morning or you can join Black Men Everywhere and choose Pianki's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream every morning. Joe Biden's Dark Winter No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no Space Force. No constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations. Just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country.